got a great new Kickstarter campaign with us today. Also, check out earthapproved.net. Check out earthapproved.net. Or get them at igg.me slash at slash t8 dash d-f-e-e-g-u-j-c-o. Check out earthapproved.net. Earthapproved.net. We don't want to tell you more details on the radio because we want you to go check out earthapproved.net. Amazing things at earthapproved.net. Are you looking for the web's best psycho thriller film? Check out Lighthouse Lane. This amazing film will keep you on the edge of your seat with suspense and promises to shock your mind. Winner of five L.A. movie awards, including Best Director and Best Experimental Picture. This film is available to watch right now at Amazon Prime or grab your copy on the website at lighthouselane.info. This film is a must-see for everyone who is a thrill seeker. That's Lighthouse Lane, available. Available at Amazon Prime or at LighthouseLane.info. If you see just one film all year, this is the one to see. Lighthouse Lane. Edgy, nightmarish, and surreal. Get your copy today. The hottest EDM music is available right now. Hashtag EDM Music Hub. Check out EDMMusicHub.com. 24-7 stream of the best in EDM, electronic, dance, and more. Check out EDM Music Hub. Press promo is available at facebook.com slash EDM Music Hub. Check it out today. If you want to submit your music, it's EDM Music Hub at gmail.com. EDM Music Hub. The best in EDM. Listen right now. Amazing new marketing campaign with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Mad Glass is better than Google Glass. It's a line of smart glass that runs on Android mobile operating system. It has all the functions and more of a smartphone. There will be a variety of apps on Mad Store. You can simply scan the QR codes to download app to your Mad Glass. Please check out the Kickstarter campaign. Kickstarter.com. Search Mad Glass. See things in a new angle. Uh, that's right. Kickstarter.com. K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. YouCaring.com slash siblings. Surprising a homeless family with cash for the holidays. Oh, that's right. This is an amazing new marketing campaign. We're asking for the community's support during the holidays to help out these two amazing siblings. Nicole met her long-lost brother just a few months ago. They both had difficult life growing up and were not only separated, but also abandoned by their parents who became addicted to drugs. They recently found each other again and decided to move to the Bay Area together to try to build a life of their own together. As brother and sister, they wanted to build a life definitely than the one of their harsh environment gave them. We want to help them out today. Check out youcaring.com slash siblings. That's youcaring.com slash siblings. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Welcome to the Unlock Your Wealth Update. Here's Heather Wagonhalls. Today's update is on buying on emotion. Do you swipe your credit card a little more than usual when you're feeling sad, mad, or upset? Our emotions can have a significant impact on our financial decisions. 
You might subconsciously say to yourself, you deserve it or, hey, you're worth it. However, making a purchase to feel better about yourself can hurt you later on in life, leading to stress, depression, and anxiety over money-related issues. Soon enough, reality sets in and your, quote, worth, unquote, is now your debt. If you want to purchase something, do so by taking your emotions out of the shopping cart so you can avoid the negative outcome of debt. Each time you're feeling the need to make a financial decision, ask yourself, is there a positive return on this investment? Keep in mind outcomes and financial strains that could have an impact on your life. For more great resources to help you create unlimited wealth and happiness, visit our website at crackingyourmoneycode.com. I'm Heather Wagonhals. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. Welcome to the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Call Jiggy right now. 267-22-Jiggy. Presenting Jiggy Jaguar. Welcome to hour number one of the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Coast to coast and boulder to boulder on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, and Stitcher. Thanks for tuning in today to the big broadcast. From the KJAG Radio Studios in Hutchinson, Kansas, Monday through Friday, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 p.m. Mountain Standard, 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com. Our brand new free Android app is available, JiggyJaguar.us. Stream the show live, 24-7 replay and exclusive news and programming information. Selected editions will be available on the iHeartRadio app and, of course, 50-plus AM FM stations in the big network. Our telephone number, 267-22-JIGGY. On-demand, commercial-free podcast, $5 a month, available at our website. It's red-linked on the homepage, JiggyJagwire.com. We've got a great musical showcase that we're going to be uh, playing for you here in a few moments. Uh, Ricky Mueller joined us this morning on our... uh, I'm not sure why we had to do it this morning. I don't know why we couldn't do it live today, but for whatever reason, um, we did it this morning. So we're going to play his track and uh, a couple tracks and an interview. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call this prettiest nigga. <laughs> because I'm a pretty ass nigga. Now, this is what pretty ass niggas do. We, we, we smoke blacks and shit. <laughs> They say they're about that kind of shit. Uh, but down see a pump boy. They say they're about that money shit. Uh, put down see a rat boy. If a nigga dissing, smoke him down. Everybody who in the black never heard the sound. Filling niggas, bitches, now they ride Ricky like Greyhounds. Cause I'm popping, now you talking Chris Brown, nigga. Last name Mula and I cash out. I swear to God, all we do is cash out. Some niggas while we're working at the drop house. I collect the money till the nigga knocked out. Sitting on these niggas, no X lacks. I pull up in the whip and it's all black. Then it's bang bang out the tin window. Bang bang, bullets coming out the tin window. Now listen, I told y'all niggas that when Ricky Mula come through. Ricky Mula gonna come and shut this shit down. Like, 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 I ain't even, I ain't even fronting. Like, 
like serious, like like when I come up in this game, I'ma shut this motherfucker down. And and, and if y'all niggas still can't understand that shit, then I don't know what the fuck y'all niggas hurrying in. All is now being recorded. We've got a great guest on our radio radio program this morning. Gonna go ahead and let them introduce themselves, and we'll talk a little bit about why they're here. Go ahead and uh, give us a brief introduction, my friend. Hi, this is Ricky Mula. Well, well, t- tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Um, I just released a mixtape called NWFMASP. It's on AudioMac.com, and I'm happy to be on your show this morning. Well, uh, t- tell us tell us about yourself. How'd you get started in the business? Um, I got started by um, just basically um, listening to friends in school and stuff, and it just inspired me to do rap. I w- at first, I didn't want to be a rapper. I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be a lawyer or something like that, but rap kind of got me good, so I'm just sticking with that. So uh, what, what what are some of your goals uh, in the music industry? Um, being a platinum artist in a few years, I'm going to actually be working on my album pretty soon. We've got Ricky Mueller with us today here on the broadcast. Um, social media is a big part of artists. Tell us about social media. Um, social media is going all right, even though I hate social media. Um, um, Twitter, I got almost five, six thousand, uh, followers on there. And that's pretty You've good. You've got Ricky Mueller with us today <laughs> here on a broadcast and, um, uh, your music. How can people access your music online? Um, you can go on my YouTube account, um, www.youtube.com forward slash Ricky Moolah TV, or you could get on audiomac.com and just search up Ricky Moolah. Ricky Mueller is today in the broadcast. Um, uh, Ricky, um, tell us about this mixtape. <clears throat> um, <laughs> it took me a year to record this mixtape. I mean, I try to perfect it. I try to do everything I can with it. Um, I had several tracks on this mixtape that did not make this mixtape, and I'm sad about that. Um, this mixtape also was made to be relatable for people because I knew if it was relatable for people, I knew people would like it because nowadays people listen to music, and if it's not relatable, they don't listen to it. So I just threw something out that was relatable for people so they can just listen to it and they can just stick with it for a long time, pretty much. Well, Ricky, uh, we've we've uh, <laughs> we've 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 hit the end of the interview. We've we've got all the questions answered. Um, I uh, tell us where we can find you online. Um, you can find me on Twitter.com forward slash Ricky Moolah, Instagram.com forward slash. Ricky Moolah, official. Well, good stuff. Have yourself a wonderful morning. Slam.
Music showcase today, Ricky Mula. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be chatting with the author of Manifesting 123, and you don't need number three, Ken Elliott, on the way here on our world famous Cheeky Jaguar radio program. Back in a few moments. One of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Last summer, a six-year-old girl named Elisa was very moved by her seven-year-old friend, Jaden, who opted to donate some of her birthday gifts from her family and relatives to fund a boat to give a fisherman. This fisherman is one of 6,200 in the Philippines who lost their boats during the typhoon in 2013. It's been two years since the devastating storm and thousands of families still struggle to get back on their feet because of decided to lead a fundraiser in her class for another boat. In September 2015, 23 prep pupils from St. Joseph's Institution International School in Singapore raised $1,000 U.S. to fund a fiberglass fishing boat. It turned out to be a wholesome experience that opened the minds of small children about the prevailing inequalities in the world today. Check out this incredible, incredible link, generosity.com. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. Check it out today at G-E-N-E-R-O-S-I-T-Y dot C-O-M. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Partner with us today. These folks are absolutely, absolutely amazing, and they are doing some incredible things for the crowdfunding world. John Deans, the CEO of REO Capital has just released a new project called REO Capital Expansion Campaign. REO Capital LLC is a capital-raising firm. It is based in Detroit and Miami soon. They provide capital raises to hedge funds, venture capital funds, private... John Deans, the CEO of REO Capital, has just released a new project called REO Capital Expansion Campaign. 
REO Capital LLC is a capital raising firm. Is based in Detroit and Miami soon. They provide capital raises to hedge funds, venture capital funds, private equity. REO Capital is a unique because it also provides legal services, CFO services, and research services to its clients besides capital raising. The project of the expansion is now up for everyone to see and be part of. This campaign is showcasing the expansion project in a unique way. The backers are able to get an inside look at how this idea of REO Capital came to realization. Participate as a JV partner to become part of its future. The host is very easy to get along with. It's the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network. Radio Network. Brand new marketing partner with us today, uh, Transmedia Worldwide. The campaign is finally live. A minute ago, we just launched. Want to take a look? You'll love it at igg.me slash at slash moonwalker slash x slash 10659418. There is a share or tweet or anything could help even a visit now we have a real live challenge here any share on facebook or anywhere would help as much for us to gain some movement to the top on indiegogo and also for sure i want you to start working on this right now folks we need you to go over and check out this brand new indiegogo campaign it is absolutely absolutely amazing Check it out today at indiegogo.com. The 2016 Moonwalker, the shoes that defy gravity. Futuristic urban shoes, specifically designed to experience what it feels like to walk on the moon. Check it out today at indiegogo.com. Indiegogo.com. Search 2016 Moonwalker, the shoes that defy gravity. Incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Supporting indie game development is important to keep a variety of games in the App Store. Some of the big game studios are creating clones of existing genres, such as Match 3, Endless Runner, and the classic premium MMO. Indie games are the ones that have innovated and brought us unique gameplay experiences. Indie game development products like Minecraft, Braid, and Fez Eta also introduced new game genres and brought old ones back to life. This Kickstarter campaign will give the graphical tools to indie game developers to allow them to create more games in quicker. This tool will provide royalty-free UI assets and even allow indie game developers to create 2D sprite sheets. To support this campaign, go to kickstarter.com and search for royalty-free graphics builder for games. Welcome to the Racing to Success Minute with Nadine Lajoie. This is now the last two types of men that you have to deal with. After the bomb of the rebel and the conformist that I explained yesterday, today we will talk about the chameleon, which is the one who is always a good person trying to make things happen and being the negotiator, the salesperson, because that is easier for that person to connect with all kind of different people at the job. And the last one is the extremists. Those are the ones who are really leaders, sometimes talking a little bit loud and being extremists in a sense that they have strong opinions. So when you have conflict with your colleagues at work to really understand why there is something going on in between the two of you. So this is Nadine at NadineRacing.com. 
This is the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show. Welcome back to the big broadcast. Coast to coast and border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and of course, 50 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. Our brand new app. Free Android app is available at JiggyJaguar.us or in the App Store. Selected editions will appear on iHeartRadio. Donald Mazzella, Dan Perkins, coming up along with our special guest uh, in our third and final hour today here on the big program. But we go back to the telephones. We've got our guest for this hour with us. Fantastic, fantastic. Ken Elliott is going to join us here in a few moments. He's the author of the award-winning book, Manifesting One, Two, Three. And you don't need number three. He's uh, with us today here on our broadcast. And uh, let's go to the telephones. Ken, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the, on the show, James. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about your book. This, this thing is absolutely amazing. It's won some awards. It's, uh, it, it's doing incredible. It seems to be stealing the hearts of reading enthusiasts everywhere. Tell me about it. Well, right off the bat, I was very fortunate in that this is information that was given to me. Um, I was mentored by someone who was very, very gifted, Judy Goodman. She uh, is way past anyone you've ever seen on Oprah. Oprah, give her a call. She um, goes the other side every night. She's moved objects. She can be in your dreams. She can see the other side continually and has since she was a little girl. So this is somebody who's very well connected to things in this world and things in the spirit world. And for many, many years, I was just kind of fooling around with her and I would. Somebody told me about her and said that she had these special gifts and this and that. And one of the things she told me, I, I just didn't understand at all. So I started on the advice of this person. I would send Judy things in thought. And then I called Judy the next day, and Judy would tell me about the thing that I sent her. And as I did more and more of this over the years, and there's you know, almost 20 years of this, um, I learned how thoughts work. So... Uh, this is a, a very important book. It's not my book. It's not my ego. I'm passing on some incredible information. You know, we, we've all heard about the secret and the law of attraction, and they're making manifesting books in a very big industry. Uh, self-help, all of that, it's a very, very big deal. And uh, at the core of all of this is a lot of people who, are, who definitely have the right track, you know, have, uh, have good thoughts, positive thoughts, try to eliminate worry, um, make vision boards and wish lists and all that sort of thing to create a result. These are all best practices. But what they don't know is what I learned is how thoughts actually create form. So it, it's like we've been petitioning the, the light switch. You know, if we put sticky notes up there and say all the right things when we, when we go over there on bended knee and hit that switch, it's more likely to come on. But we know it's hooked up to the electrical plant. So once you know how thought works, and it's very simple, then you don't have to wish and hope. You simply do these simple things. We've already been making things all of our lives with thought. But once you know how the light switch works, so to speak, you go over there and hit that light switch every day. So we're, we're going to have something new today, not the same old, same old. We've got a great guest with us today joining us on the telephone, the fantastic award-winning author of Manifesting 123. 
You don't need number three. Ken Elliott joins us here on a broadcast. Kind of give us uh, a thumbnail sketch of uh, the the writing process of this book, and uh, just kind of give us a closer look at the book in general. Well, it it really wrote itself. You know, once I realized what was going on, I, you know, I've been playing post office. I've been sending things to Judy for. Oh, 15 years at that time, something like that. And uh, somebody gave me a DVD of The Secret, and I sat down and watched that with all these experts, uh, very renowned, very capable people who are talking about how uh, how to manifest things in your life, the law of attraction principle. And I, I was just stunned because they were all coming out from different ways, but, but none of these people spoke to how it worked. And, and what actually happens is when you're thinking of something, we're thinking of things all day long, we have all of our lives. We have these certain themes that we follow all the time. My, I have friends who can watch your thought forming up. So if you're about getting new tires for the car, so to speak, and you start to imagine that you have new tires on your car, I have friends who are gifted enough or friends who can get to the other side, and they're adept enough as out-of-body travelers that they can see your thoughts forming up. They start as a wisp of smoke, like a vapor. They get a little more solid as you continue to work on it. They take on a 3D form, full color, and before you know it, it becomes so solid over there in that unseen field around us that it comes into the physical world. And that's how everything that's ever been invented on this planet started first as a thought that was a wisp of vapor, so to speak. Uh, um, it's a spectacular thing to know. It's it's like learning about a quark. It's like learning about a distant continent, how the sky is blue, why the grass is green. This is fundamental knowledge. And everything in your room, everything in your office, was first a idea. That piece of paper took tens of thousands of hours, man hours, to come from a tree to get funded, to get on a truck, to get the gasoline, to get it to a factory and packaging and transportation to the office depot for you to have a piece of paper. Tens of thousands of hours, and they're all thought first. This is a revolutionary thing to know, but it's exquisitely simple. And, you know, it kind of makes perfect sense that your thoughts might actually be doing something, and they do. So uh, basically the book, is it, it, it wrote itself. I started talking about this after I understood what was going on for almost a year, almost every day for a year, and finally I sat down to write it. And I had a finished book in my hand. I, I met all the people I needed to meet, uh, all the editors, all the publishers, the uh, printers and all that sort of thing, self-published it. And I had a book in my hand in six or seven weeks once I started to write it. It wrote itself. We've got a great guest with us today. Ken Elliott joins us, author of the award-winning book, Manifesting. One, two, three. You don't need number three. He's with us today here on the broadcast, 26 minutes after the hour. We're going to take a quick break with Ken. When we come back, we're going to keep chatting about this book. He has uh, got an amazing, amazing background. We're going to delve into it, and uh, we're going to talk with him here in a few moments. Back with more here on the program.
one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Last summer, a six-year-old girl named Elisa was very moved by her seven-year-old friend, Jaden, who opted to donate some of her birthday gifts from her family and relatives to fund a boat to give a fisherman. This fisherman is one of 6,200 in the Philippines who lost their boats during the typhoon in 2013. It's been two years since the devastating storm and thousands of families still struggle to get back on their feet because of the decided to lead a fundraiser in her class for another boat. In September 2015, 23 prep pupils from St. Joseph's Institution International School in Singapore raised $1,000 U.S. to fund a fiberglass fishing boat. It turned out to be a wholesome experience that opened the minds of small children about the prevailing inequalities in the world today. Check out this incredible, incredible link, generosity.com. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. Check it out today at G-E-N-E-R-O-S-I-T-Y dot C-O-M. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Partner with us today. These folks are absolutely, absolutely amazing, and they are doing some incredible things for the crowdfunding world. John Deans, the CEO of REO Capital has just released a new project called REO Capital Expansion Campaign. REO Capital LLC is a capital raising firm. It is based in Detroit and Miami soon. They provide capital raises to hedge funds, venture capital funds, private equity. REO Capital is a unique because it also provides legal services, CFO services, and research services to its clients besides capital raising. The project of the expansion is now up for everyone to see and be part of. This campaign is showcasing the expansion project in a unique unique way. The backers are able to get an inside look at how this idea of REO Capital came to realization. Participate as a JV partner to become part of its future. From Fred Phelps. To the Kinsey Six, the best of the best from Central Kansas and beyond. We do it all. We are KJAG Radio and the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show. Log on to JiggyJaguar.com and KJAGRadio.com for more. Brand new marketing partner with us today, uh, Transmedia Worldwide. The campaign is finally live. A minute ago, we just launched. Want to take a look? You'll love it at igg.me slash at slash moonwalker slash x slash 10659418. There is a share or tweet or anything could help. Even a visit. Now we have a real live challenge here. Any share on Facebook or anywhere would help as much for us to gain some movement to the top on Indiegogo. And also for sure, I want you to start working on this right now. Folks, we need you to go over and check out this brand new Indiegogo campaign. It is absolutely, absolutely amazing. Check it out today at indiegogo.com. The 2016 Moonwalker, the shoes that defy gravity. Futuristic urban shoes specifically designed to experience what it feels like to walk on the moon. Check it out today at indiegogo.com. indiegogo.com. Search 2016 Moonwalker, the shoes that defy gravity.
incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Supporting indie game development is important to keep a variety of games in the App Store. Some of the big game studios are creating clones of existing genres, such as Match 3, Endless Runner, and the classic premium MMO. Indie games are the ones that have innovated and brought us unique gameplay experiences. Indie game development products like Minecraft, Braid, and Fez Eta also introduced new game genres and brought old ones back to live. This Kickstarter campaign will give the graphical tools to indie game developers to allow them to create more games in quicker. This tool will provide royalty-free UI assets and even allow indie game developers to create 2D sprite sheets. To support this campaign, go to kickstarter.com and search for royalty-free graphics builder for games. We're back here on the world-famous Cheeky Cheekwire radio program, coast-to-coast and border-to-border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, and Stitcher. We're talking with Ken Elliott today. He's the award-winning author of a great book, Manifesting 1, 2, and 3, and you don't need number 3. And he's with us today here on our broadcast. And uh, Ken has has uh, got a website, by the way, manifesting123.com. He offers uh, personal coaching sessions on how to catapult your life in the direction of your dreams. And for more information, check out manifesting one. Com. This book, uh, Ken, is absolutely fascinating. Um, who's your target audience with this book? Everyone. There's a couple of uh, parents who gave this book to their 13-year-olds, and they're doing amazing things in school. It's like they have this incredible advantage. Uh, one of them is a swimmer, another one is a soccer, and uh, they're doing... Uh, one of them had no soccer experience. She ended up being the goalie for the high school team. Her parents thought it was impossible. They were worried about her being disappointed. And uh, the girl had heard the uh, parents talking about this, and before they knew it, they looked over on her iPad. She had all these soccer pictures and all this stuff she was doing. She she started uh, using things in Manifesting 1, 2, 3 and got to be the goalie, even though she didn't have really any goalie experience. So, uh, you know, that, that's small-time ball. But uh, there's businessmen using this. Um, Multi-million-dollar um, deals have been closed. and went stagnant for a year and a half. International deals. Couldn't put it together. Uh, this businessman's a good friend. He called me. We did a session. Um, I, I couldn't tell you that I sparked his confidence, but he had something to do. He used the techniques. And within six weeks, this thing came together. Um, remarkable stories. On the website... I do a newsletter. You can go to the website and sign up for it. And there's over 100 stories on every topic possible, all ages. And I can't stress enough that you're already making things with your thought. You don't have to be special or gifted. You're already doing this. You just don't really know what you're doing. It's amazing, amazing stuff. We've got Ken Elliott with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone talking a little bit about his book, Manifesting 1, 2, 3. This thing's got five stars on Amazon. Tell me about some of the reviews you've gotten on the book so far. You know, what most people say is, this is the common one, I've been looking at um, manifesting books for years. You know, I'm really, really uh, adept at this stuff. I've read everything. I didn't feel like I got the results. This is so very, very simple. It's so basic. It's in simple language. Anybody can do it. Uh, I hear that over and over and over and over and over again. And it's 
profoundly new information, but it's ancient. I, I think the greatest gifts that we have as humans is the ability to create life and the ability to create things with our thoughts. Uh, this is a remarkable revelation. Uh, that sounds like an awfully loaded word. It's, an, <laughs> it's a big piece of information that's fundamental to how our lives work and what we can do. If you're not crazy about your life right now, you can make the change. Go up and buy the book. Just do the simple things in the book. You're not going to need follow-up. Uh, you're just not going to need a lot more information. This is, you know, it's, it's, how do you instruct somebody to turn on a light switch? I mean, it's almost that simple. And you're going to get results. And that's where all these stories are coming from. Um, you know, something really got my attention is William Buhlman, who's a very good old friend of mine. And he is the leading author on out-of-body travel. That may uh, be out of the box for a lot of your listeners, or some people may know about it, but it's the ability to go the other side. You don't have to get in a car wreck and float over the ambulance. To do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that. That's good to hear because I'll, I'll tell you that that the, that seems to be the hard way to do things. Yeah, it is. And there's a lot of people who are very adept at this. Weeb is one of the most. And hanging out with William is like sitting down and talking with Columbus or Magellan, because it's very big over there. Many many layers of things, all very big. And he would come upon this place where he would see the things that he would put on his wish list, and he, he used to make these, these lists of things he wanted in his life. He could see those things on his list just lined up. Now, if he's after those four tires and he's been on for a few weeks, he can. it's just a wisp of smoke. Now, he's over here about this other item. It might be it was a trip to China. He can clearly see that thing forming up. He can see these outlines of Chinese buildings because he's been on that for a few weeks. And on and on and on. Everything in his list was starting to take form. It was like looking in the window of the factory. It was crazy. It just sounds absolutely crazy, but it's true, and he's not the only one that could see this. And he said, you know, I can put it on a list, and I start to think about this every day, and I can go over there, and I can watch it take form. He said, I'd be crazy not to do this. I can't say it any plainer. And in the book, it's incredibly simple. People just get it, and they take off. They read it in a day. Sometimes they speed read it on the airplane. They go right to work on it. And sometimes the stuff develops very quickly. Sometimes it takes a little more time. But it's, uh, it's a fantastic experience to know that you can control an outcome. We've got a great guest with us today. It's getting a lot of good reviews, Manifesting 123. We've got the author with us today, Ken Elliott. And uh, the title of the book is Manifesting 123, and you don't need number three. What is number three? And why don't we well, need it? Number one, <laughs> yeah, number one is how to do it. Number two is how to manage fear in a, in a new and practical way, which hasn't been written about before. Okay. And then the number three is that we're all very, very big spiritually. We're all very powerful. We're, we're more than just skin and bones. We have a, you know, a spiritual side, a higher self side, a soul side, whatever you want to call it. It's very, very large. And we're all very, very big. And you don't have to imagine that you're Superman or Supergirl, that you're holy, 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 that you are exalted and powerful in order to make this work. It's not necessary. Yes, you're very big. Thank you very much. We're all very big. Let's all go out and, and toast to that. But it's not necessary to put on your Superman suit to do these techniques. 
That's why you don't need number three. <laughs> well, it, it's it's fantastic stuff. We've got a, a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone talking about his great book. Now, um, with with this book, uh, have you gotten any negative criticism or anything to the book? Yes, there, there's always that, but I haven't had I've had very little of that. Uh, I think a consistent gripe would be, well, some, this seems to be taking a long time. Or it didn't come out in exactly the way I thought. Yeah, I can see the result, but I, I, you know, it, I wasn't sure about that. Or somebody will say, well, you know, I've started looking to, to say I wanted uh, this new relationship or this new job, and I lost the relationship. I lost the new job. I mean, I lost the, the current job. And they come to, my, come back to me later and say, you know, I wanted to quit that job. I really didn't like it. And so I got laid off. I got fired. And now I have a better job, but I never would have done that on my own. And what happens when you start foreseeing a future, when you start thinking about this, and you do this in your future, when you start visualizing this, whatever's in your way may fall away. It looks like a negative, but most of the time it's not. Uh, One of my favorites was a woman who said she'd been in a drought for five or eight years. She'd been widowed with men, no men. She called it a drought. I love that term. And after six weeks, there are two women doing this. And I got almost identical calls within six weeks. Uh, this woman was complaining. I said, well, what's up? She said, well, um, I, I, there's these guys coming around. And I said, that's not bad, right? She said, well, I got two love letters last week. I said, well, when's the last time you got a love letter? She said, since high school. But they were married. And I said, well, listen, you had zero guys, and now you got two guys that gave you love letters. That's an indication there's something going on. You don't have to kiss all these frogs. But I think you're on the right track. So she was much relieved about that. And as the thing goes on, yeah, she's dating again and all. She's very happy. Has she found that perfect partner yet? No, but she's not in a drought any longer. So something something happened in a very profound way for both of those women. And we had a laugh about it later. Fantastic stuff. Ken Elliott with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone talking about manifesting one, two, three. And it's getting uh, a lot of rave reviews on Amazon. It's got a, a, a lot of folks that are picking it up. And uh, this this book is, is just so fantastic. I can't say enough about it. Uh, what's the message you'd like your, your readers to get from the book? You can change your life. You've already been doing this. The life you have is the life that you have been imagining. And imagine that's that awesome. going down the highway, put your hands on the wheel and drive where you want to go. Do not take your hands off the wheel. You'll immediately see you're in a sea of other people's intentions. They know where they're going, and they'll just run you right off the roads. So point yourself to happiness. Grab the book and get going. And I'll get a, I'll get a, a nice story from you. We'll put it up on the Friday newsletter. Okay, well, we will uh, we will do that. We've got uh, Ken Elliott with us today. Ken, before we let you go, uh, what's next for you as an author, and how can fans reach out to you? Well, they can go to the website and just contact me directly there. Uh, follow that newsletter. Get up there and get that thing. Every Friday there's another story. Uh, and before we run out of time, I want to get people to go up to your your Facebook page, James Lowe, Jiggy Jaguar. I want to compliment you on all the wonderful things you do in your community. That's awesome. Well, you thank you, a, sir. You you have a heart that's bigger than this website. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll tell you, my friend. I uh, for whatever reason, and this 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 is all this always is the strangest thing to people. 
I get more hate, jealousy, and attacks from people for the good stuff that we do. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. You're going to get punished for that. People are going to like you and hug you too that's right now uh but before we let you go um i I definitely want to have you back after the first of the year i think the book is incredible um i I definitely want to have you uh have you back on a regular basis as we move forward because there's a there's a lot of stuff i think that uh, we could do with you my friend in uh in 2016 so please keep in touch my man let's do it Looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you for the honor of being on your show. Definitely. Well, have yourself a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas, all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you in 2016, my friend. Thank you. Let's go get them. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. We're going to take a time out and come back. Yay, indeed. 43 minutes after the hour. We've got a great musical showcase coming up. Randall Collier Olinger? Halfway through the interview, you'll notice I just call him RCO. We've got that coming up here. On our own face. Cheeky Jake, why you should back here in a few moments. fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Last summer, a six-year-old girl named Elisa was very moved by her seven-year-old friend, Jaden, who opted to donate some of her birthday gifts from her family and relatives to fund a boat to give a fisherman. This fisherman is one of 6,200 in the Philippines who lost their boats during the typhoon in 2013. It's been two years since the devastating storm and thousands of families still struggle to get back on their feet. Because of Judd decided to lead a fundraiser in her class for another boat. In September 2015, 23 prep pupils from St. Joseph's Institution International School in Singapore raised $1,000 U.S. to fund a fiberglass fishing boat. It turned out to be a wholesome experience that opened the minds of small children about the prevailing inequalities in the world today. Check out this incredible, incredible link, generosity.com. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. Check it out today at G-E-N-E-R-O-S-I-T-Y dot C-O-M. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Partner with us today. These folks are absolutely, absolutely amazing, and they are doing some incredible things for the crowdfunding world. John Deans, the CEO of REO Capital has just released a new project called REO Capital Expansion Campaign. REO Capital LLC is a capital-raising firm. It is based in Detroit and Miami soon. They provide capital raises to hedge funds, venture capital funds, private equity. REO Capital is a unique 
because it also provides legal services, CFO services, and research services to its clients besides capital raising. The project of the expansion is now up for everyone to see and be part of. This campaign is showcasing the expansion project in a unique unique way. The backers are able to get an inside look at how this idea of REO Capital came to realization. Participate as a JV partner to become part of its future. Brand new marketing partner with us today, uh, Transmedia Worldwide. The campaign is finally live. A minute ago, we just launched. Want to take a look? You'll love it at igg.me slash at slash moonwalker slash x slash 10659418. There is a share or tweet or anything could help even a visit now we have a real live challenge here any share on facebook or anywhere would help as much for us to gain some movement to the top on indiegogo and also for sure i want you to start working on this right now folks we need you to go over and check out this brand new indiegogo campaign it is absolutely absolutely amazing Check it out today at indiegogo.com. The 2016 Moonwalker, the shoes that defy gravity. Futuristic urban shoes specifically designed to experience what it feels like to walk on the moon. Check it out today at indiegogo.com. indiegogo.com. Search 2016 Moonwalker, the shoes that defy gravity. Incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Supporting indie game development is important to keep a variety of games in the App Store. Some of the big game studios are creating clones of existing genres, such as Match 3, Endless Runner, and the classic premium MMO. Indie games are the ones that have innovated and brought us unique gameplay experiences. Indie game development products like Minecraft, Braid, and Fez Eta also introduced new game genres and brought old ones back to life. This Kickstarter campaign will give the graphical tools to indie game developers to allow them to create more games in quicker. This tool will provide royalty-free UI assets and even allow indie game developers to create 2D sprite sheets. To support this campaign, go to kickstarter.com and search for royalty-free graphics builder for games. Did you know that all hybrid vehicles are not the same? Hi, this is ASC Automotive Professional Pam Oaks, and it's time to take a 60-second break and make you a savvy car consumer. There are different types of hybrids out there, and the latest version on the highway is the CNG, or Compressed Natural Gas Vehicle. General Motors and Honda are producing vehicles with CNG option right now. These vehicles have the same warranties as their counterparts and creature comforts as well. This is not a new concept. CNG is running in hundreds of thousands of government agency vehicles for years. Law enforcement, emergency response vehicles to local mass transit systems have been using CNG. The fuel costs are cut in half and CNG has very little emissions or disposal issues like a battery in a hybrid. Lesson learned. Want to learn more about your vehicle? Visit me at carecareforthecluelist.com, making you a savvy car consumer. Thanks for tuning in to Jiggy Jaguar 24-7. Brought to you by Jordan's Juice Barbecue Sauce. Juice it up with Jordan's online at jordansjuice.com. Yes, indeed, it is the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. We, we, we got to do this right because we got we, 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 we to. We got a lot of folks paying attention to us today. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the big broadcast from the KJag Radio Studios in downtown Hutchinson, Kansas. 
We are live as live can get Monday through Friday, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard, and of course, 24-7 at JiggyCheckwire.com on the TuneIn apps and Radio Loyalty. Our brand new free droid app is now available at JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 24-7 replay, and exclusive news and information. Selected editions will be available in the iHeartRadio app as well, and 50-plus AM FM stations in the Jiggy Jaguar radio network. Our telephone number is 267-22-JIGGY. On-demand, commercial-free podcasts. Start at $5 a month from our website. It's red-linked on the homepage at JiggyJaguar.com. We've got a great guest with us today uh, here on our music showcase, and uh, we're going to let him introduce himself, then we'll talk a little bit about his music and play some of his music today. So, Randall, go ahead and give us a brief introduction on yourself, my friend. I'm Randall Conrad Olinger from Denver, Colorado. How y'all doing? The great state of Denver, Colorado, where, where our good friend Ross the Boss, the rabble-rousing ringleader moved to uh, about a year ago, and I'll tell you, he, he says the music scene in that area is amazing. Tell me a little bit about the music scene up there in uh, in Colorado. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's really come a long way from when I started playing. Um, I, you know, it's like, it's really grown. There's Ton, uh, ton more places to play than when I started playing. There was only a handful of places that you could get into, and now there's live music on pretty much every corner of the street. We've got a, a fantastic guest with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast. And uh, what instruments do you play exactly? Because I, because, because I've seen that. Uh, uh, j- just from various folks that have passed along music videos and have passed along your music, you 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 play a. Uh, a lot of instruments, but uh, to tell us a little bit about some of the ones that you that you, that you play regularly on a regular occasion. Oh, uh, I mean, I play electric guitar, acoustic guitar, and banjo. I play a, a lot of slide guitar. I have a resonator. Um, mostly just electric guitar and slide, really. I mean, yeah. I've been doing a lot of uh, acoustic shows more recently, and um, something. Yeah, just doing kind of more stripped down thing than the versus the one man band stuff that I I do mostly. Now you've you've been all over the country. You've you've played in front of a lot of large acts and uh, opened for for a lot of great guys. Uh, t- tell us about the uh, the whole I guess camaraderie that musicians have. Well, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without it. I mean, everybody's trying to scratch each other's backs you know when you start touring the country and stuff you're i mean we i mean i I refer to it as making friends and trying to uh you know pick their brain as much as possible about what places to play what places to not play and um it's great i mean it's it's really cool a unique a unique thing to be like friends with so many people and still like talk business with the people who you know consider it that you know i mean music is obviously more than a business it's something that you have to think about you know definitely we've got a great guest with us today randall conrad olinger with us today and uh tell us about it's all right we're going to play that here in a few moments oh um man you know that's kind of that was like one of the very first um solo songs that I worked on after I stopped playing in, uh, in my band Workhorse. That was yeah. kind of the first thing that I had like, had written to kick off 
playing as a solo musician, honestly. I mean, there's a lot of, like, Elvis influence in there. Um, there's also a COC, Corrosion of Conformity, song that's very similar that, like, influenced that whole song. So it's it was kind of like, you know, like, me trying to write a blues song with, uh, you know, of somebody who influenced me from early on in music to somebody who influenced me after I had been playing music, like Corrosion of Conformity. So it, it's a very simple song, but it has, like, a lot of history to it, I guess. <laughs> well, here we go. It's all right, and uh, we're going to play this. We'll be back with more here on the Big Broadcast. Having a lot of fun today here on our big broadcast, coast to coast and border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, and of course, the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available for Android devices. And uh, Randall Conyard, oh, you're with us today, or RCO as they call him in the uh, great city of Denver, Colorado. He has played everywhere from the streets to the rails to the riverbanks to the pubs to the bars to the theaters. And he uh, is with us today here on our music showcase. Now, uh, how in the world uh, do you end up getting interested in music? 
Oh, that's an interesting question, man. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like as a as a kid, uh, always drawn to it. You know, uh, listening to it, being around my aunt, my grandma. They both have played piano, and uh, I don't know. It, you know, it was just something that when I like got my first guitar, it was just very natural for me. I obviously wasn't the easiest thing in the world, but it was something that was easy to not give up on. You know, yeah. it was always. I don't know, enjoyable to sit and play and, and write songs. I mean, I, it was always hard for me to learn other people's songs. I was always just, like, naturally wanting to write stuff, you know. And I just never, I don't know, turned my back on it, I guess. Now, thinking back to childhood, uh, music surrounds us. What types of music did you hear most back then, and how does it differ from the stuff that you're listening to right now? I don't know. I was, you know, I grew up on like Elvis. My mom's a real big Elvis fan, so yeah. Um, it, uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I've always just had an appreciation for all kinds of music. So even like now, it's really not that much different. I still listen to a lot of the stuff that I did when I was a kid, and you kind of see the or hear the cycles of music and like what was popular then. You know, it all comes back around. So it's really not that much different. I was always, even as a kid, listening to, like, old 50s music that my parents were playing. My brother was, like, playing um, thrash metal and rock and roll and, and stuff like that. My uncle was listening to blues and Leonard Skinner and stuff like that. And I still listen to all that stuff now. So it's really not that much different aside from, like, the newer stuff that comes out, you know. Um, yeah, not much different at all. Now, we're going to play Boil My Bones here in a few moments. Tell me a little bit about this track. Oh, that's off uh, Sail On. That was uh, more of a rock and roll number. Um, kind of some stuff that I'd had that was left over from the metal band that I was playing that, that I wanted to bring in and um, kind of format it to a one-man band sort of sound, stuff like that. Well, here we go. We're going to play it, and we'll be back with more RCO here on the big broadcast. <laughs>
RCO here on the big broadcast, coast to coast to border to border. It's our music showcase today, and uh, RCO, I love that. Is there is there T-shirts or anything out there? Do you have merch, my friend? Yeah, I got T-shirts. I got uh, CDs, shirts, stickers, all that stuff. Koozies. That's cool. <laughs> now uh, you're you're going to be playing all, all across the country uh, here, you know, 2016 and beyond. What are some immediate plans, let's say, January, February? What, what do you have lined up? Um, January and February, I'm just playing regionally in the Colorado area. Aside yeah. from uh, being in um, Wichita this weekend. But yeah. uh, I don't have anything out of town until, like, late March. Nothing out of the ordinary. <laughs> right, right. Going on, going on tour in, in uh, March, April, and May. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here on the broadcast. And uh, is there any plans to record any new music or anything in the new year? Yeah, I'm sort of sorting through all the all the new stuff that I have on deck um, right now. Actually, just going through all the millions of phone recordings and ideas that I've documented over the last year. <laughs> so, so yeah, kind of sorting that out now. Now. Uh, when when you go out there and you uh, get on the road and make some things happen, uh, who who are some different artists that you've uh, seen along the way that might be interest to folks to check out? Oh yeah, I've been on the road with Kyle Grove. He's also from Colorado, originally from Denton, Texas. Um, Lauren Walker Madsen and the Hustlers. Been on the road with them. Um, they're from uh, Salt Lake City originally, now from Arizona, I believe. Uh, Granny Tweed, they're from Denver, um, hitting the road with them in, in April. There's a, there's a few. Now, uh, So many. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. There, there's, there's a lot of good musicians out there. Now, um, social media, tell us a little bit about social media. How's that impacted your career and everything else along those ways? I mean, it, it's definitely a useful tool, man. As big of a pain in the butt as it is, it's uh, it makes things a heck of a lot easier um, as far as, like, you know, getting your name out there to a group of people. Or, or, like, back in the day, you'd have to, like, really hit the pavement to get those people to notice you um, versus you can make a presence for yourself while you're at home, you know. So... It's made things a little easier as much as I hate using it. You know, I have to admit, things are a little smoother because of it. Now, uh, being out there on the road and uh, making new connections and things, uh, have you often booked gigs uh, along the way, being somewhere and somebody somebody just happens to stumble in the bar and see you and they're like, hey, I own a bar, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or do those stories not happen? I hear that a lot from musicians. I I hear from musicians a lot that they'll be playing a bar or a gig somewhere, and they'll have someone stumble in that's from another venue or something, and they're like, "Oh, I like what I hear. You know, I've got this bar." Does those does that actually happen? 
Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that actually does happen. It happens quite frequently, <laughs> actually. Um, it's happened to me a handful of times where people are, you know, not in their own bar and try and, I call it cherry picking, you know, or they try to book you under the nose of somebody who's doing it already, you know. But, yeah, it happens for sure. <laughs> well, that's cool stuff. Now, we've got RCO with us today here in our broadcast. He joins us live. Uh, what do you think your biggest break or greatest opportunity has been so far in your musical career? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that there are any, like, major breaks, but there, I have shared the stage with uh, a couple of people who have had a couple of shows that have been really beneficial, you know, like... Um, as far as getting in front of a large audience all at once. Um, I got to open up for William Elliott Whitmore at the Marquee Theater in Denver. That was like one of the biggest shows that I had had at that point. Um, I also got to play with the Giraffes in Denver. Um, getting on festivals is always um, a, a good thing, you know, like playing Choice City Stomp has got me, you know, introduced to a lot of the people in the same scene that I play in that are doing a lot of good things and stuff like that. Um, yeah, things like that. That's playing in front of other people's audiences. <laughs> we've, got, we've got RCO with us today here in our broadcast. We're going to play the last tune today on our music showcase, New Orleans. Tell me a little bit about this. Oh, man, I have a couple songs to talk about New Orleans. It's just, uh, honestly the coolest place that I've ever been and I've been all over the world and no, no place has really affected me quite like the city of New Orleans and that was one that I just uh, I wrote about getting back there you know I have a couple songs that are really about that and uh, yeah just a simple song about New Orleans band on the banjo well here we go we're gonna wrap it up with RCO after New Orleans here on the program
wrapping it up here with RCO on the big broadcast, coast to coast, border to border. Tune in, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, and of course, the official Jiggy Jaguar app at JiggyJaguar.us. And uh, RCO with us today here in our broadcast on our musical showcase. What's been the biggest challenge for you so far in your music career? <laughs> Making money, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. Uh, I mean, that's, I guess that's probably the obvious thing. Um, uh, you know, man, it, it's just trying to balance everything. Because uh, it's hard. It's hard on everybody. You know, like I have a family. And uh, it's being on the road is difficult, but it's very necessary. And a lot of people, you know, take it takes a while for people to understand that you have to be gone and... You know, it's just kind of a difficult thing to balance or to try and maintain balance. But I'm like, I'm glad that I'm aware of that and I'm not like constantly gone because it keeps both, you know, aspects of my life fresh, you know. I see a lot of guys on the road like nearly all all year long and sometimes you wonder if they even enjoy it anymore. So, um, but it, it is a challenge because you, you have to, you have to stay present, I, I think, you know, in the music scene and at home. We've got RCO with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. Uh, you've heard the term starving artist before. How do you cope with major obstacles? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, you know, each day brings an obstacle, so it's just not, it's not really something that uh, you're, you're, is new by any means like every day has its challenges so you just take them as they come and know that tomorrow's not going to be any different so try not to freak out over it <laughs> rco joins us today here in a broadcast art and music has an impact on both young and old everyone loves a celebrity what advice do you have for the youth of today oh man don't do what I'm doing. <laughs> Go to college, get an education, and do everything that is expected of you by society. Oh, I'm kidding, man. That's a complete joke. I don't know. I, I don't... <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, wait, 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 uh, <laughs> way to get rid of that outlaw rebel image, my friend. <laughs> stay, stay in line. Do what you're told, man. Um, no, I mean, the, honestly, the... the biggest thing that I would tell anybody, especially uh, a young person, a child, is um, the exact opposite. People yes. don't tell you that you can do what you love for a living. It's going to be hard, but like I said earlier, everything has its challenges. So um, once you find out what it is that you want to do, then put your head down and move forward and stop screwing around with things that don't matter. Like the expectation of just getting a regular job is a yes. joke to me. So, <laughs> you know, which is why, you know, at 36, I'm doing what I'm doing still. Like, it's never going to go away. I will always be doing this, is, you know, regardless of how difficult it is. So, well, it's always a good... get it. That's what I would tell them. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Well, it's always a good time to catch up with a great artist. I thank you for doing this, my friend, and I definitely uh, want to talk to you first of the year. Uh, looking forward to seeing you this weekend in Wichita. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful holiday, and I will talk to you after the first of the year. Thank you, man. 
Likewise. Thank you for having me. Definitely. Have a good one, brother. We're going to take a timeout and come back with more here on the program. We've got a great new Kickstarter campaign with us today. Also, check out earthapproved.net. Check out earthapproved.net. Or get them at igg.me slash at slash t8 dash d-f-e-e-g-u-j-c-o. Check out earthapproved.net. Earthapproved.net. We don't want to tell you more details on the radio because we want you to go check out earthapproved.net. Amazing things at earthapproved.net. Are you looking for the web's best psycho thriller film? Check out Lighthouse Lane. This amazing film will keep you on the edge of your seat with suspense and promises to shock your mind. Winner of five L.A. movie awards, including Best Director and Best Experimental Picture. This film is available to watch right now at Amazon Prime or grab your copy on the website at lighthouselane.info. This film is a must-see for everyone who is a thrill seeker. That's Lighthouse Lane, available at Amazon Prime or at lighthouselane.info. If you see just one film all year, this is the one to see. Lighthouse Lane. Edgy, nightmarish, and surreal. Get your copy today. Amazing new marketing campaign with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Mad Glass is better than Google Glass. It's a line of smart glass that runs on Android mobile operating system. It has all the functions and more of a smartphone. There will be a variety of apps on Mad Store. You can simply scan the QR codes to download app to your Mad Glass. Please check out the Kickstarter campaign. Kickstarter.com. Search Mad Glass. See things in a new angle. Uh, that's right. Kickstarter.com. K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Ucaring.com slash siblings. Surprising a homeless family with cash for the holidays. Oh, that's right. This is an amazing new marketing campaign. We're asking for the community's support during the holidays to help out these two amazing siblings. Nicole met her long-lost brother just a few months ago. They both had difficult life growing up and were not only separated, but also abandoned by their parents who became addicted to drugs. They recently found each other again and decided to move to the Bay Area together to try to build a life of their own together. As brother and sister, they wanted to build a life definitely than the one of their harsh environment gave them. We want to help them out today. Check out youcaring.com slash siblings. That's youcaring.com slash siblings. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. I'm Kip Marlowe. What does it take to become a successful entrepreneur? Ask those who have done it. The Entrepreneur, Success and Sacrifice is an inspiring book that tells the stories of people who have transformed businesses into highly lucrative enterprises. Cult, from my interviews on our popular show, Entrepreneurs Club Radio, this highly motivational collection shares our guests' secrets of success and lessons learned. To learn more, go to ecrsuccess.com. That's ecrsuccess.com. This.
This is the Risk Takers from Entrepreneurs Club Radio. Scott Marincic, founder of Solvall, is very persistent. While working for a cleaning company, he suggested an environmentally friendly solvent. Everyone thought it was a silly idea, but Scott. So at 19, he quit his job, developed his own green product. People laughed at him, told him he was crazy, but he still persisted. His laboratory was his mother's kitchen, and his research equipment was his mother's blender. Scott's kitchen experiments didn't always go well. On one day, he blew up his mother's blender, and Mom wasn't happy. He finally invented his product and started his company. For Scott, his persistence paid off. After 20 years, Solval is a $135 million business, and Mom's happy now. Scott's secret to success? Never give up. Have you quit too early? Scott didn't, and it made him rich. The Jiggy Jaguar radio program continues. Welcome back to our big broadcast, coast-to-coast and border-to-border. Tune in, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. iHeartRadio and our brand-new Jiggy Jaguar app is available in the App Store. Or go to J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.us for more information. And uh, before the holidays kick in, we wanted to chat with our good friend Larry Pratt one more time uh, before we head off uh, for the year. And Larry Pratt, of course, is the executive director of Gun Owners of America, and he's joined us a lot during the year to talk about some of the different Second Amendment issues. And uh, Larry, we've got one today. Um, this, this hoax that has taken place with the schools, uh, stop this insanity, protect the schools from within. It's time to train and arm teachers like they do the air marshals. Um, Larry, what did you think of this Los Angeles school district? It shut down more than a thousand public schools a couple weeks ago over a threatened attack with bombs and assault rifles that send hundreds of thousands of students home. City leaders were criticized for connecting and overreacting acting to what federal officials later said was likely a hoax. This basically was an email threat, Larry. Well, as one has been concerned for a long time with what they teach in schools, I must say I had mixed reaction <laughs> to the shutting it down. But in all uh, candor, I think it's a terrible thing to have to inflict upon parents who uh, have made their arrangements for the day and all of a sudden go wham uh, and to realize that uh, maybe it makes them think, though, that hmm, maybe we shouldn't be as trusting about our how our kids are going to be in a school where there is really, uh, in 99 cases out of 100, there's just no protection. Yeah. Uh, and anybody that would try to protect the kids and have a firearm for that purpose uh, could get in trouble if they were discovered to have a firearm. There's something really difficult for me to understand as to why there is such a mental block about enabling teachers and janitors and administrators to have firearms to, de- to defend the children if some dirtbag decides he's going to make his day by killing lots of little kids. You know, the cops will probably be there in five minutes, ten minutes at worst, and what's going to happen in the meantime? Well, we know what happens in the meantime. It Crazy. is 
it, it is it is craziness. We've got Larry Pratt with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone, talking about this uh, situation that took place uh, a couple weeks ago. This hoax that uh, took place out there in uh, Los Angeles that shut down uh, a thousand public schools. Um, we can train the air marshals. We can have sometimes school security because I know that in 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 certain parts of uh, you know the, the the Midwest there's uh, there's school security at, at at a lot of these public schools, but uh, why can't we train and arm some of the teachers? Because if we trust them enough to teach our kids, uh, shouldn't we trust them enough to have a gun? And you know, again, what are we thinking? What is going to protect those kids in the time that it takes the police to get there? And sometimes their response is extremely quick, but that's still going to be five minutes minimum, and it's often going to be longer. And if it's a school where the cop shop is 15, 20 minutes away, as it might well be in a rural area, that, that's just that's incredible. Uh, what in the world... I really don't understand what the anti-self-defense people are thinking as to how they can get their mind around the fact that no defense somehow becomes a good defense. Yeah. See, this, <laughs> this is the thing I just don't understand is that there's there's all sorts of... You know, Second Amendment folks out there who are like, "Why can't we fix this?" And I, I, I've never understood why. Like I said, if we're gonna if we're gonna train teachers to teach the kids, we're gonna have all this different stuff. Uh, why can't we arm them? <laughs> it you seems know, simple to me. Ago, there was a congressman from Houston, Steve Stockman, who had a bill in to uh, remove the ban on guns in schools, yeah. the federal ban, and that would have enabled teachers, if they had a concealed carry permit or whatever else the school might set up, yeah. uh, to be able to protect the kids with their personal firearms. And the best he was able to do was a skosh over 50 co-sponsors on the bill. And he said it was like pulling teeth to get those and he just really couldn't get any more than that. There was some, he would go up to guys personally and gals, trying to get them to sign on to his bill as co-sponsors, and they would answer, Steve, you know, in some cases they would say, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I just can't sign on to a bill that's guns and kids. <laughs> <laughs> And see, then we have a situation where, if if we 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 have these uh, these school shootings, and a lot of times it's you know the 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 kid who is hopped up on all sorts of pharmaceuticals, and he decided he's going to play a video game, and he's like, ah, I'm going to go shoot up school, and. If that one kid who who comes in there and if teachers were armed, it wouldn't get too far. No, and unlike uh, all the video games that all these uh, fellows are playing, this one would be different because in this one, the victim shoots back 
and that would kind of introduce a little reality to the other video gamers that, uh, hmm, in <laughs> schools it isn't like it is here at home on my computer. Yes. <laughs> yes. They would, they would be, uh, <laughs> they would be opened up for a heck of a shock. We've got Larry Pratt with us today. Gun Owners of America uh, joins us today, and uh, it's 30 minutes after the hour. One one thing uh, before I let you go, Larry, that I want to get your thoughts on is uh, as we move forward in the new year, um, what what are some of the big issues that are facing uh, gun owners and Second Amendment enthusiasts? Well, at the national level, we're hoping that we're going to get a bill through, although I must say the Republican leadership has been the biggest obstacle because they just don't do anything. Yeah. They just sit there in spite of majorities that would be easily available to uh, put through a bill, say, getting rid of uh, gun-free school zones or a uh, little bit less high-octane, perhaps, to make it so that your concealed carry permit in Kansas is going to be good in Florida Yeah, uh, without any further uh, effort got one in one state you're good to go in all the others uh, that's the way it ought to be um, we ought not really even need a permit but in any case this would be a huge step forward and we can't even get that through this congress uh, so we need to keep up uh, the drumbeat it's going to be an election year and they got to know that if you guys expect the republican base to be available for you you'd better toss us a bone or two. Yeah. We've got the uh, fabulous Larry Pratt with us today. He joins us each and every... Uh, it seem, seem, seems like at least once a month we have one of these chats, my friend, and it always concerns the Second Amendment and uh, the, the fact that folks either don't understand how this works or these gun grabbers are like, well, we got to get rid of all the guns, which I've never understood. Because there's all these... Don't people read their history? Hitler took all the guns. They got rid of all the guns in France. Look how it worked out for them there. Yeah. Well, he had a gun, didn't he? Well, that's the point. (laughs) Nobody else did. Nobody else did. Not even the cops. See, that, that Larry just... Makes my hair ignite. <laughs> like, how does yeah. the cops not have guns? Uh, one, I read uh, that one of the first responders was a, a police woman, hopped on her bicycle, must have been very intimidating, that, <laughs> and rode to the scene yes. of the crime. And uh, then when she had confirmation that bullets were flying, there wasn't a doggone thing she could yeah it's just you know meanwhile you uh, uh you may recall that several years ago there was a dirt bag that went into a large conservative church and he didn't like what they were preaching killed a couple of uh kids out in the parking lot yeah and as soon as he got in he was greeted by an armed security team that put him down this one gal uh saw him coming in the door she'd heard him outside and she put something like five out of six rounds right in his stupid body and he was down for the count (laughs) no further damage (laughs) 
amazing. Amazing how that works. And the cops got there pretty quick after it, but he didn't hurt anybody else. Nope. Uh, So uh, that was good news there takes care of the problem well uh well larry merry christmas my friend happy new year and uh we'll talk uh, we'll talk a lot i know in uh the new year coming up but uh let me encourage folks to go yes. to gunowners.org take advantage of our free alerts and uh, be part of the uh system that kind of keeps the congress on their toes yes yes and in 2016 we're going to need to be keeping everybody on their toes oh. <laughs> well, Larry, have yourself a wonderful uh, holiday season, and we'll talk in the new year. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Definitely. Appreciate it. Larry Pratt with us today. He joins us live. And uh, <laughs> we've got a lot, a lot coming up. 35 minutes after the hour. More coming up. got a great new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. This is a fantastic GoFundMe campaign. It's GoFundMe.com slash GMCXD9QC. It's an amazing new campaign. And during the holidays, our pets are our friends. And we started this campaign in order to raise funds to help the friends Her dog was recently ran over by a car, and with the cost of surgeries and treatments, she's drowning in medical bills. We just need everybody to go over there and check it out and help bring awareness to this great campaign at GoFundMe.com slash GMCXD9QC. We'll spell it for you, G-D-M-E dot C-O-M slash the letter E, the letter M, the letter C, the letter X, the letter D, the number 9, the letter Q, and the letter C. And tell them, you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Did I mention fantastic? Brand new marketing partners today at Transmedia Worldwide. Panda, that's right, Panda by Q, a smartphone case. It's going to replace the outmolded flash photography with high-quality Constant light. Get Hollywood quality lighting anywhere with your iPhone. That's right. Panda is the first phone case with a built-in constant dimmable light that can be used in rear camera and front camera or quote-unquote selfie modes on iPhone 6, iPhone 6 Plus. The adjustable 18-light LED panel makes it easy to get perfect warm lighting for photographs and videos. The constant diffused light with the LED panel provides helps. The users avoid washing out the subject's features or getting unflattering harsh shadows. The Panda itself is made of durable injection molded polycarbonate to provide top-of-the-line projection for the phone. When the user is finished using the LED light panel, it folds seamlessly back into the case. The case comes in two colors, great Panda White and Panda Shadow Black. Get more information at Indiegogo.com. Search Catch Panda, that's I-G-G dot M-E slash A-T slash Catch Panda. CatchPanda.com for more information. Hashtag Catch Panda. 
and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Great phone case. Check out Rock Music Hub right now at rockmusichub.com. Hashtag Rock Music Hub. Check us out on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash rock-music-hub. Rock Music Hub, a community of rock for rock by rock. Hashtags, websites, internet radio, digital magazines, and more. Powered by Transmedia Worldwide. It's Rock Music Hub www.rockmusichub.com 24-7 internet stream of the best in rock local, indie, regional, national at rockmusichub.com that's rockmusichub.com and for the people in the cheap seats in the back it's rockmusichub.com log on today powered by Transmedia Worldwide sometimes it bothers me Promote your event with the targeted radio spots from CoolVoiceMedia.com. VoiceMedia.com. We will write, produce, and get your spot on the radio. Listen, when it comes to promotion, the answer is CoolVoiceMedia.com. VoiceMedia.com. Fantastic new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. That's right. It's a great GoFundMe campaign. Moe's... And Potts Fundraiser. That's right. These guys are doing some amazing things. If you can please donate and share with your friends. Mohammed Sharif is in desperate need of support. His medical costs so far this year have exceeded $100,000, and that doesn't even include his living expenses. He's been diagnosed with Potts, a type of uh, dysontamia which has no cure and is not understood or respected from the medical or legal perspective. Let's tell you about POTS. It's a byproduct of uh, orthostatic intolerance, which is characterized by the body's inadequate response to changing posture from sitting or lying to standing. Uh, heart rate is involved. There's all sorts of different things. You can get more information at their GoFundMe, gofundme.com slash Z54KGV4C. These folks are absolutely incredible, and they need your help. So go to G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M slash the letter Z, the number 5, the number 4, the letter K, the letter G, the letter V, the number 4, and the number C. And tell them, you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Did you know that all hybrid vehicles are not the same? Hi, this is ASC Automotive Professional Pam Oaks, and it's time to take a 60-second break and make you a savvy car consumer. There are different types of hybrids out there, and the latest version on the highway is the CNG, or Compressed Natural Gas Vehicle. General Motors and Honda are producing vehicles with CNG option right now. These vehicles have the same warranties as their counterparts and creature comforts as well. This is not a new concept. CNG is running in hundreds of thousands of government agency vehicles for years. Law enforcement, emergency response vehicles to local mass transit systems have been using CNG. The fuel costs are cut in half and CNG has very little emissions or disposal issues like a battery in a hybrid. Lesson learned. Want to learn more about your vehicle? Visit me at carecareforthecluelist.com, making you a savvy car consumer. Welcome back to the big broadcast. Coast to coast and border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, and of course Stitcher. 
Thanks for tuning in to the big broadcast from the KJAG Radio Studios in Hutchinson, Kansas. We're live as live can get Monday through Friday, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard. And, of course, our brand-new free Droid app is available at JiggyJaguar.us. Selected editions will be available on the iHeartRadio Network and, of course, 50-plus AM FM stations in the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network as well. Our telephone number, 267-22-JIGGY. The Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast is live and on the air, and we've got a great guest with us today. We're going to be talking about uh, foreign policy, national security, Islamic terror. They take center stage, but uh, who has the most... Who was the most fluent on these topics at the debate? And we've got a great guest with us today. Herb London joins us, president of the London Center for Policy Research. And uh, you can get more information at londoncenter.org. And uh, we go to the telephones. We've got Herb London on the telephone. How are you, Herb? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, very much for the introduction. Looking forward to chatting with you. Now, uh, l- l- let's talk a little bit about this. You're a foreign policy terrorism expert. Perfect topic topic today. The San Bernardino uh, basically was Obama's September 11th, and uh, the the debate last week, the Republican presidential debate, they uh, trumped Howard over the GOP field with an unprecedented lead, uh, larger than Reagan in 1980, Bush in 1988. Um, th- th- there is a lot of things going on here. Give us your, uh, your look at things uh, from the perspective of the London Center for Policy Research. Well, look, this is a going to be a civilizational struggle. It's not just dealing with ISIS. It's a question of dealing with radical Islam. And one of the things that we have to find is allies across the globe. When uh, the, uh, the Trump candidacy talks about the idea of uh, simply preventing Muslims from coming into the United States, it's absurd on its face, largely because we need moderate Muslims to the degree you can find them to yep. participate in dealing with this problem across the globe. When El-Sisi, the president of Egypt, went to Al-Azhar, which is the center, the theological center for Sunni, the Sunni religion, said, we've got a problem from within. We've got to deal with this issue. There's violence in our religion. And one of the things that we need is a revolution. He talked about a revolution at Al-Azhar, which is remarkable. Yet it received scant attention in the United States. The president of the United States made no reference to this comment. Now, this was remarkable. This is like Martin Luther presenting 95 theses to the Catholic Church, and yet it received no attention. So what we have to do is start finding allies like that across the globe. Because, as I said, this is not a one-year battle or a 10-year battle or a 20-year battle. This is a generational battle, and it's for the very survival of our civilization. So we've got to start thinking a lot more strategically than we have and looking for allies who recognize the fact that there is violence within Islam and we've got to do something about it. Recognize that from the people who are Islamic, since the president of Egypt is a pious Muslim. Now, uh, Herb London with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast talking uh, a little bit about the uh, debates and talking about some of the different things going on with foreign policy. Herb London is president of the London Center for Policy Research. How did uh, the Republican presidential candidates in that debate, the the CNN Facebook debate, how did they uh, present themselves from your guys' perspective? Look, from my perspective, all of the Republican candidates are saying things that are designed for political purposes. But as I indicated to you before, it's a question of trying to think strategically. You can't say that Islam is a religion of peace, nor can you say it's only a religion of violence. It is both. That is, within the religion, there are two groups. 
that read the same Koran. One are Sufis, who are among the most specific people on the globe, and the others are the Salafists, who are among the most violent on the globe. They both read the same book. So how is it that you can have a very peaceful group and a very violent group within the religion? And that's what you have to entertain. How do we put ourselves in the position where we can deal with the violence that does exist in this religion? And if we do not do that, then we face a very, very difficult problem of trying to discriminate between those who are peaceful and those who are violent without any understanding of what it is we're dealing with. So from the point of view of the candidates, Trump, of course, I think is the most bombastic and probably has the least understanding of what it is we're confronting. He says, look, there's a menace, and there's no question there is a menace. There's a problem. But it's more than simply stating the problem. It's a question of understanding it. And the other candidates, by and large, are also playing a political game designed to try and deal with the fears and the anxiety that exist in the public. Instead of saying, look, here are the strategic goals. These are the things that we have to do. One, we have to start thinking about allies we can find across the globe, like the King of Bahrain and the President of Egypt and the King of Jordan, who I think are potential allies in this long, long-standing war that we have. The second thing that we have to do is change the terms of engagement in the Middle East. We are fighting a war with two hands tied behind our back. We fight with markets of Queensberry rules, and the other side wants to cut your head off. And so we've got to say, look, at the moment, the president is saying you cannot have collateral damage. You cannot fight a war and assume there will not be collateral damage. When oil trucks are moving from the ISIS territory into Turkey, we have to say we're going to bomb those trucks, even though the trucks are not driven by ISIS members. We're still going to bomb those trucks. So we have to change the terms of engagement. And the third thing that we have to do is to understand that the Peshmerga are fighting with World War II vintage equipment. We've got to provide them with modern, the, the, all of the, the tools of modern warfare. And unless we do, then the Peshmerga cannot possibly be successful. So there are a number of things that we can do, including building alliances and trying very hard to get the Sunni nation back to so they're the NATO in the Middle East. Now, if you start thinking that way, that is, think strategically, I think that the Republicans would be in a much better position. But unfortunately, I have not heard these words yet. Now, maybe we will. But so far, I think people are using all of the political concerns that is the anxiety that exists in the public to take advantage of it, largely because the primaries are just around the corner. We've got Herb London with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone talking a little bit about uh, the the uh, policy, foreign policy, national security, Islamic terror. It basically all took center stage at the uh, debates fairly recently. Check out LondonCenter.org. That's LondonCenter.org. And, of course, uh, London was responsible for cre- creating the Gallatin School of Individualized Study in 1972 and was its dean until 1992. The school was organized to promote the study of the great books and classic texts. And uh, that's one thing I, I want to talk to you about here, Herb. I know that a lot of folks, uh, when they hear uh, Islam and Islamic and all these things, it's always followed by terror and indoctrination and all these things. But a lot of folks miss the fact that um, there, there was a lot of folks in the Muslim and Islamic world that uh, way back in the day, saved some of these uh, ancient texts and saved some of these different things and helped bring about a lot of the literature. Why doesn't that, why does that get lost in the, in the argument? Well, it gets lost largely because of the terror that we're now confronting. It gets lost largely because of 9-11. It gets lost because of what happened in San Bernardino and what happened in the streets of Paris. 
That's why it gets lost. And people don't know history either, by and large. We suffer from a whole generation that, as I, I think, suffering from historical amnesia. So I, I think that there are problems associated with understanding the past. But when you consider the present, there is no doubt that people do associate violence with the violence they see on TV and the Muslim faith. And as I indicated, there's some justification for it. When the Prophet Muhammad was very weak and ineffectual, he was accommodative. And that's the Mecca portion of the Koran. And that's what the Sufis read. And, then, and they're very peaceful. And then, of course, the verses of the sword occurred when he started to gain momentum and managed to capture the, capture the tribes of the Arabian Peninsula. And at that point, he said, we have to spread the faith through violence. And so you, you have to remember there are three very significant features associated with militant Islam. One, of course, is jihad, which could be regarded as a spiritual odyssey, but could also be seen as the use of violence in order to promote the, the, the belief in Allah. The second mm -hmm. is Sharia, which is not simply law. That's redundant to say Sharia law. It is more than law. It includes law, but it's a way of life, a way of conducting yourself. And so Sharia transcends all of the secular notions, including the belief in the Constitution. And then the third, of course, is the creation of the caliphate, which is the kingdom of Allah on earth. So if you believe in those three things, then you're willing to use violence in order to bring them about. In fact, you're obliged to. So that, and then when, when, the, when the Islamic militant Islamists talk about Dar al-Arab, what they're saying is, we are at war with all people who are not Muslim. And in that sense, there will be continual war until there's finally peace, which would mean there's the caliphate across the globe. We've got Herb London with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone. LondonCenter.org is the website. Check out LondonCenter.org. And Herb London joins us today here on our broadcast talking about uh, the the debates and uh, some of the reaction and things that uh, took place last week. Now, um, uh, this this whole thing with foreign policy and some, some of the different things that they cover up there um, – how come they don't cover it from cover from the perspective of trying to bring uh, the, the the Muslims together? Is that just because of the base, or is that the fact that uh, that they don't think that there's enough Muslim, I guess, sympathizers and voters that would that would come to their side? Uh, how, how does that work exactly? Well, first of all, as I indicated to you before, the Muslim faith is not united. You have the Shia representing roughly 15% of the total Muslim population, and the rest are Sunni, so 85% are Sunni. They don't love one another, and as the, the, uh, the conflict between Iran and the Gulf states would suggest, they're not exactly in love with one another. So there's a conflict there. And then there's a conflict among Islamic interpretations, including, as I indicated to you before, the Sufis representing a small minority, and those who might be associated with the Medina portion of the Koran, those who believe in more militancy. So there are splits within Islam. It's not as if everyone is the same. So when you talk about some form of homogeneity or solidarity, that's not possible. It's not possible because they see the world very differently. But as I've indicated, our role should be trying to encourage those people who are raising questions about the violence within the faith. If we have to deal with that violence, if it represents a threat to us, if it creates anxiety in the West, if it represents a threat to the very civilization that we reside in, we have to understand it and take those steps to counter it. That's what I'm suggesting. That's what I meant by thinking strategically. 
Yes. We've got uh, Herb London with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone. The uh, London Center is uh, the best spot to get more information about Herb London. He's the president of the London Center for Policy Research. Check out London Center. Dot O-R-G. And uh, as we go, my friend, uh, kind of give us a uh, uh, what 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 do you want to see in the next debate or or as we move into the new year? What, what what do you want some of these folks to be talking about in regards to what we discussed here today? Well, look, I think that less bombast is desirable. I think that one of the things that happens in politics is that people are looking for easy answers and there aren't any easy answers. What I would like to see is a little more specificity in the way in which people respond to the whole question of what do you think we ought to do? And keep in mind, the compression of time makes it very difficult to engage in a debate where you can flesh out these ideas with the kind of, the kind of attention that I believe they deserve. So it is very difficult. It's part of the political game. I ran for office, so I understand it very well indeed. When you've got 30 seconds before a commercial break or you've got nine people on the stage, very hard to get your oar in the water and explain your position. But less bombast, I think, is desirable. And trying to be as specific as you can with the limits of time that's available to you. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on our broadcast. And uh, have yourself a happy holiday and Happy New well, Year. Thank you and Merry Christmas. And let me wish you all the best for the new year as well. Definitely. Well, I will be in touch, my friend. It was a great conversation, and uh, we definitely want to have you as part of the conversation heading into the new year. So have yourself a wonderful day, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Herb. Herb London with us today. We're going to take a time out and come back with more a little bit later on. got a great new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. This is a fantastic GoFundMe campaign. It's GoFundMe.com slash GMCXD9QC. It's an amazing new campaign. And during the holidays, our pets are our friends. And we started this campaign in order to raise funds to help the friends her dog was recently ran over by a car, and with the cost of surgeries and treatments, she's drowning in medical bills. We just need everybody to go over there and check it out and help bring awareness to this great campaign at GoFundMe.com slash GMCXD9QC. We'll spell it for you, G-D-M-E dot C-O-M slash the letter E, the letter M, the letter C, the letter X, the letter D, the number 9, the letter Q, and the letter C. And tell them, you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Did I mention fantastic? Brand new marketing partners today at Transmedia Worldwide. Panda, that's right, Panda by Q, a smartphone case. It's going to replace the outmolded flash photography with high-quality constant light get hollywood quality lighting anywhere with your iphone that's right panda is the first phone case with a built-in constant dimmable light that can be used in your camera and front camera or quote-unquote selfie modes on iphone 6 iphone 6 plus the adjustable 18 light led panel makes it easy to get perfect warm lighting for photographs and videos the constant diffused light with the led panel provides helps 
the users avoid washing out the subject's features or getting unflattering harsh shadows. The Panda itself is made of durable injection molded polycarbonate to provide double line projection for the phone. What the user is finished using the LED light panel, it folds seamlessly back into the case. The case comes in two colors, great panda white and panda shadow black. Get more information at Indiegogo.com. Search Catch Panda. That's igg.me slash at slash Catch Panda. CatchPanda.com for more information. Hashtag Catch Panda. And tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Great phone case. The hottest EDM music is available right now. Hashtag EDM Music Hub. Check out EDMMusicHub.com. 24-7 stream of the best in EDM, electronic, dance, and more. Check out EDM Music Hub. Press promo is available at Facebook.com slash EDM Music Hub. Check it out today. If you want to submit your music, it's EDM Music Hub at gmail.com. EDM Music Hub. The best in EDM. Listen right now. Promote your event with the targeted radio spots from CoolVoiceMedia.com. CoolVoiceMedia.com. We will write, produce, and get your spot on the radio. Listen, when it comes to promotion, the answer is CoolVoiceMedia.com. CoolVoiceMedia.com. Fantastic new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. That's right. It's a great GoFundMe campaign. Moe's and Potts Fundraiser. That's right. These guys are doing some amazing things. If you can please donate and share with your friends. Mohammed Sharouf is in desperate need of support. His medical costs so far this year have exceeded $100,000, and that doesn't even include his living expenses. He's been diagnosed with POTS, a type of uh, dysontamia which has no cure and is not understood or respected from the medical or legal perspective. Let's tell you about POTS. It's a byproduct of uh, orthostatic intolerance, which is characterized by the body's inadequate response to changing posture from sitting or lying to standing. Uh, heart rate is involved. There's all sorts of different things. You can get more information at their GoFundMe, GoFundMe.com slash Z54KGV4C. These folks are absolutely incredible, and they need your help. So go to G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M slash the letter Z, the number 5, the number 4, the letter K, the letter G, the letter V, the number 4, and the number C. And tell them, you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. What's the most complex arrangement of matter in the universe? Find out on today's Creation Moments Minute. Though it weighs only three pounds, your brain's structure is so complex that it defies all explanation, except to admit that a higher intelligence created it. The average brain has 10 billion neurons and multiple billions of connections. The brain can hold one million times more information than anyone could possibly learn in a lifetime. Through its extended sensory system, your brain allows your finger to feel a vibration of less than eight one-thousandths of an inch and lets you see 10 million different colors. The brain is so marvelously complex that even scientists who deny the soul and believe that matter is all that exists have admitted that the brain makes them wonder if there's more to reality. Some are even willing to talk about a spiritual reality. For CreationMomentsMinute.com, I'm Darren Marlar.
It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Welcome to the world-famous Jinky Jaguar radio program. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Call Jiggy right now. 267-22-Jiggy. Presenting Jiggy Jaguar. Oh, it's a festive, festive uh, broadcast today. Two minutes after the top of our third hour here on the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. Thanks for tuning in to the big program from the KJAG Radio Studios in Hutchinson, Kansas, where live as live can get, Monday through Friday, 2 to 5 Central, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific, and 1 to 4 Mountain Standard. And, of course, 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com on the TuneIn apps and Radio Loyalty. Our brand-new Android app is available JiggyJaguar.us. Selected editions will appear on the iHeartRadio app. This edition will appear on the iHeartRadio app. And of course, 50 plus AM FM stations throughout the country and around the world. And today, we've got our good friend Donald Mazzella from SB Digest. He is, uh, patiently awaiting us. We also have my good friend John Matthews. And of course, uh, John is no stranger to the political world. And, uh, he hosts a, uh, five day a week uh, radio talk program online and on a lot of good AM FM stations across the fruited plain, as Rush would say. And, uh, we are patiently awaiting Dan Perkins from the hill.com. He'll be joining us as well here in a few moments. But, uh, first of all, John, I want to, I want to have you, uh, kind of tell us a little bit about what you've been covering on, uh, on your radio program the last, the last couple weeks, Conservative Syndicate. And, uh, then we'll let, uh, we'll, we'll just bat some topics around so john go ahead and take it take off my friend well i i think with us uh, because of the style of our show and what we do we we have a tendency to what i call exhaust a topic we'll take a <laughs> topic or two and just and just take them as far as we can go for as long as we can go trying to to get out all the information that we can on it because as you know the media gives us you know the 30 second sound bites and the sitcom mentality that you know, within a couple of minutes, everything is solved. Crisis and then solved, you know, and everybody goes their own happy way. We've been focusing a lot on the GOPs, what we refer to as the splitter strategy, and we, we started actually talking about this in depth several months ago, and we've just been updating it as it goes along, and we've been spending a lot of time with that because we really have kind of come to the conclusion that uh, everything that's going on in the GOP primary race right now is, is just smoke and mirrors. This thing is going to end up as a broker convention next year, and they're going to get whoever it is they want in there, regardless of whether Trump wins or Cruz wins or any, anybody but, you know, Bush or uh, Kasich and, and, or Lindsey Graham, for that matter. They, they want those establishment types in there. So that's what we've been doing. We've been doing, spent a lot of time educating our listeners on what the splitter strategy is, uh, what they need to look for, and, of course, how they can become more involved in making sure that the RNC understands well and good that if they do this, they're going to lose a lot more Republicans. Uh, just it's just the numbers of Republicans that are bailing out of the party is phenomenal. So um, that that's really been our focus a lot. We've, we've really been trying to just get the point across to people, make them understand. The RNC is basically, as I've constantly referred to them now, they're jackasses and elephant skins. These people 
there is absolutely no difference between them and the Democrat Party anymore. And, uh, that that is, John, you hit it right on the head. That's what I keep hearing. I I, I heard an interview uh, just uh, just earlier today. Uh, it was uh, it was a representative of the of the Green Party. She was on the Young Turks, and she said that there is no difference <laughs> between the Republicans and the Democrats at this point. She goes, the Democrats are not real progressives, and she's like the the Republicans are not real conservatives and and she's like there is no difference um speaking of folks who are leaving the party don i want to get your thoughts on uh and and i'll I'll let john jump in here too this uh the it's kind of a a a story that's picking up some momentum but uh uh reverend graham is no longer a uh, member of the republican party he is leaving the party he's becoming a libertarian um the Graham family has been staunch uh, Republicans for decades. What do you make of this whole thing? Well, it's uh, another sign of the times, in my view. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing the breakup. We're seeing a realignment of the party, something we haven't seen. Uh, someone mentioned it today, and I think the, we haven't seen this since pre-Civil War days, yep. 1850s. Yep. Uh, what we the Republican Party came in, but we are seeing a real fragment, fragmentation of the traditional two-party system. Uh, and I, uh, I don't know whether it's good or bad, but I think it's a fact of life. And if we don't recognize it and don't do something about it, we're going to have a real fragmented country by the time we finish uh, the presidential cycle next year. Uh, uh, I thought. Uh, most interesting thing that came up this uh, <clears throat> this uh, weekend in the last couple of days is finally uh, uh, Robert Trump's kind of saying what everybody has thought that uh, Hillary Clinton is a liar. Uh, she's lied throughout her career, and I think he somebody has finally called her out on it, and I don't think she's going to like it. Uh, I think it's. Uh, it's indicative. I think it's the first time, and I think you're going to see a lot more people saying it. And also, uh, we were talking with Dan last night, and he asked me to check it out. And uh, she had to have a bathroom break in the middle of a national debate. <laughs> yeah, that looks real shady. Uh, uh, that's a very interesting point, and I'll still stick by my prediction. She will not be the nominee now now john there there is a lot um a lot surrounding this 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 graham i guess defection if you want to use that term although it sounds really nasty to use that term um what 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 do you make of this with with him and his family have been republicans they have vised republican presidents they, they 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 have been in the 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 white house um it took a heck of a lot i'm sure for him to say okay i'm done um well, I, a lot of the stories I, I, say I, it's planned parenthood but i think it's other things too well i i think my initial reaction is what took him so long uh, so <laughs> well that too <laughs> i i pulled out of the republican party i pulled out of the republican party two years ago uh just just because i saw it was coming down the pike there and uh, I, I bought into the 
the uh, the moderate narrative for quite a while that uh, hey we can retake the Republican Party back and you know we just got to get the right people in there. But I think history has shown us now two election cycles. Um, you know, they, they're, they're, there's double. It's a double-sided coin for me. One side of it is is that um, the fact that you know everybody knows that we need to clean house in Congress. We need to get some some real conservatives in there. But yet everybody keeps voting the same idiots in time and time again. So it's it's kind of like Einstein's theory of insanity. You know, you, you're going to keep doing the same thing, and you expect something different. So <laughs> in that regard, I I believe I put most of the blame, and, and will continue to do so until I see otherwise, on the shoulders of the electorate itself. Uh, it's not that these politicians are inept or corrupt or immoral. That that goes without saying. It's that we keep putting them in there. And that, that's what has to change. So there has to be a paradigm shift back to the constitutional basis on which we were established. And as the individual comes first and the responsibility of the individual is paramount in, in our decisions and who we elect and how they, they serve us in government. So uh, the fact that Franklin has pulled out of the party, I believe Mark Levin pulled out of the party this year also. Not so too. It, it's, just, it's just indicative of the fact that people are slowly waking up and the question now becomes is are we seeing this soon enough to be able to reverse this trend um one i have a very close friend who has described the situation to me in this manner he said what the republican party today is or even the conservative movement within the republican party is that we're we're pedaling upstream and we can hear the sound of the waterfall and it's kind of like, are we going to be able to, you know, make it upstream, or are we just going to eventually go over the side of the waterfall? And I think more than anything at this point, this is our, this is the crossroad. This election next year is going to determine whether we have any hope of uh, restoring our republic, or whether we just con- continue to go down that, you know, trying to pedal upstream and just end up going over the falls. Because it, it's very obvious that there's many people, you know, the, the fact that. Franklin Graham is saying, okay, well, I can't relate to the Republican Party anymore, and as an evangelical Christian, he has to stand up for it. I find the same uh, the same paradox over the Democrats. There's Dan. Hold on just a second. We're going to see if we can uh, connect him here and see if this will see if this will work. Dan, can you I- hear me? I can't. I I tried it a dozen times. Well, what, what what we're gonna? I I I'm gonna. I I I'm trying uh, <laughs> something on the fly here. Um, I okay. I'm gonna see um, Don. Uh, what 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 we we wrap up there with John's point. What what do you make of John's point there on Franklin Graham and why did it take him so long? Right there. There's a lot of people right now that are, are making a decision to leave the, the Republican Party. As, by the way, I, um, we're focusing on that, but there's also a lot of people who are thinking of leaving the Democratic Party. Well, and that was something I was going to follow up with. But, but go ahead, Don. I want to. I want to get more. I want to get that out of the way, and then I'll follow up with a point that I had that I was going to make there. But go, go, Don. No, because, as I say, um, if you start to look at the numbers and the, uh, the people and the voting patterns yeah. uh, from the last uh, election, there are many, many people right now who uh, agree um, that 
there's something wrong in Washington. They have yes. views as to how to solve it, uh, obviously. But, but the, an- the answer is going to be that this election, if someone can hold the center, uh, not the right and not the left, uh, will come out the winner. I, I think that the, the election is going to be far different than we think it's going to be uh, uh, in, in terms of who's nominated and who gets elected. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, yes, people are leaving the party, but, but until we come up with a better system uh, uh, at the state and local level, we're still going to have uh, a two-party system. But I think it's going to be severely realigned. Um, at, at the finish of this 16 election. Now, uh, now, Dan, did you get any of any of Don's uh, I, I, response I there? I, I heard it. I heard everything. All of his pearls of wisdom. <laughs> all uh, of his pearls of wisdom. Well, what we've been talking about uh, in in this in this first segment here was um, this whole thing with folks leaving the party, and we were talking about Franklin Graham and the fact that. A lot of the news reports say that he's leaving because of the Planned Parenthood situation, but I think it's just because he's he's much like I was about a year ago. Uh, we've got our guest today, John Matthews, about two years ago. Uh, guys like Mark Levin who are like, I, I see where we're headed, and I'm done. So what, what, what do you make of, of all this with Franklin Graham basically saying, I'm becoming a libertarian, I'm done with the Republicans? Well, I, I think um, I think that to say that he's late is is probably too being too critical. Um, religious leaders uh, typically try not typically not always. Uh, Jerry Falwell was one who was involved with politics, but they tend to try and stay within their own space. Uh, well, I think that I think that. Uh, Franklin is is right in doing that. Where where I would somewhat disagree with my partner, uh, Mr. Mazzella, is that I think the passage of the omnibus bill was literally the straw that broke the camel's back, and the and the outrage of the conservative Republicans at the leadership who could sell them down the creek and fund Planned Parenthood and fund the. Uh, the, uh, the the city's program and immigration and everything the president wanted, uh, I think that that's going to go back in, when we look back in history, that will be the seminal moment that basically uh, changed the Republican Party or killed the Republican Party, one or the other. Uh, I, I think it was such a terrible piece of legislation. We were lied to by both the Republicans and the Democrats that what happened before was never going to happen again. And there's a 2,100-page document dropped in the middle of the night with a vote the next day. I mean, these are the things that supposedly that our leadership, Mr. Ryan and other people, told us was not going to be business as usual. And it turned out to be exactly business as usual. And and I, I think I heard a wonderful piece of commentary today about Trump. The problem that the Republican leadership... And the Democratic leadership is having with Mr. Trump is that he's drawing from every possible sector, Democrat, Republican, independent, women, minorities, Hispanics, 
He's building a base. And there was a report today that indicated that the polling data that the networks have been providing are purposely understating Trump's strength. And I just think that that when these when these senators and congressmen get home, and uh, the people have a chance to talk to them during their Christmas break, first of all, they'll listen to the constituency. Are they going to do anything? No. And the fact that they're not going to do anything is going to be the end of not the Republican Party only, but the Democratic Party too. Because I think that this idea that uh, they have an opportunity uh, to do something different. They didn't do it. And and we gave them, you know, in baseball, three strikes, you're out. We gave them the House, <laughs> yes. we gave them the Senate, and we may give them the president, but it's going to be under different terms. So I think that what we're seeing is a manifestation of the Trump factor, that because somebody stood up against the establishment, stood up against the leadership of both parties, stood up against the media. Uh, and that's probably the biggest change. As Don and I had talked uh, a few days ago, what was yeah. uh, what were some of the most important events of the year, uh, which you want to do next week on your show. Definitely. Um, yeah. we, talked about, we talked about oil, but we also talked about Trump, is that he changed the paradigm. You know, and, and I heard this, this, this anecdote, which I thought was hysterical. Okay, Trump's at 41%. Yes. When he gets to 55% of the voter population, he's probably a problem for us. <laughs> when he gets to 55%, he's a problem. <laughs> and I'm saying that's really true. There are people, people here who, who don't understand still to this day. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking about this Trump Trump phenomenon on your show from the very beginning. It's oh, the people, yes. the leadership in Congress, and I I wrote this piece. You might remember, Jim, about the mirrored wall around Washington D.C. So when yes, the congressmen senators come out of the Congress and look over the, gra- the the vast lands of America, what they see is a reflection of themselves as the people. Yes, they're not seeing <laughs> what the people are doing, and I I I think that. It's a situation where we truly have a significant number of people who've had it with the way this government is being run. And whether it's Democrat or Republican, I, I suspect there could be a massive, massive change in the election next year. We've got... Uh... You, you, I'm sure you're... Oh yeah, I we and and this 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 is the thing, and I and I'm I uh, we, we've got Dan Perkins with us today from the Hill dot com. We've got uh, Donald Mazzella, SB Digest, and we have our special guest today, my good friend, Mister John Matthews, who hosts the uh, the Conservative Syndicate. Check out their website, theconservativesyndicate.net. Real conservative talk from real conservatives. And, uh, John, uh, follow up there on Dan's point and uh, give, give us your thoughts on, on what you're hearing today. Well, I think, you know, uh, one of the things that was mentioned earlier, uh, we uh, mentioned on both sides of this conversation, is the fact that we have 
Republicans bailing out of the RNC, and we've got Democrats bailing out of the DNC. Yep. And the, the big, the, the big, the big argument that's going on in the in the establishment world, whether it's the establishment on the Democrats or the establishment on the Republican side, is that uh, you know this, this will destroy our political system and everything else. And I think that's bunk because I think if we go back and remember. Uh, it was Abraham Lincoln who started the Republican Party, and it was because both parties were in favor of slavery. And he was anti-slavery, and he said, no, we've got to do something to stop this. So, you know, the idea that we cannot uh, merge into some type of party uh, where, we can, where we can get back to the place where the people we elect, we can trust them to do what we've elected to do is, is a possibility. The other downside of that is that it's because of these shifts of these two parties and their inability, their unwillingness to do what they've been elected to do has created such a volatile political division. I don't know that we'll ever have a solid majority anymore. We could end up very European style having six or seven different parties and, and maybe what we've got to do is have an election and then that whoever gets elected has to put together a a government, you know, like they do over in uh, uh, some of these other countries over in Europe. I'm not, I'm not sure where it's going. I do know this. Um, regardless of whether we're able to get back to to some of the Republican uh, fundamentalism that that made this country what it is, uh, we'll never be the same again. I, I I don't see this as ever returning to you know the, the good old days. Uh, we're, we're moving in a different direction. Um, I think eventually we'll have to just for sheer sake of numbers somehow shift more towards a european type government which really sends trembles down my leg i mean i'm like that's the worst thing that could happen but i'm not so sure that it's not inevitable because uh, as i said earlier because of the ignorance of the average american voter today who doesn't want to get off their butt and do anything and they don't want to find out what's going on and they want somebody to tell them what to do and where to go so the basic fundamentalism that makes America exceptional, and that is the willingness to take personal responsibility for one's actions, and then based on that, uh, a moral foundation which we elect people that, that adhere to what we want based on our own morality. That That's the yeah. essence to me, is the moral fiber of this country is just deteriorated terribly, and uh, that's why you have... I, I, I do want real quick say one thing. The fact yeah. that Franklin Graham is going to the libertarian stance, I don't know that that's even very smart. But, uh, um, you know, because some of their social views on, on the libertarian side are very liberal. And so well, and see, that's... You're, you you hit on something there that there was there was a, a gentleman who uh, I got to be really good friends with last year. He ran for Kansas governor, key number. He was uh, he was a Republican who became a Libertarian, and he was running on the Libertarian ticket. But there was a lot of Libertarian things that he's like, yeah, I don't really agree with him on that. What well, one of the big things was marijuana. He was just like, "No, uh, we're not making it legal. No, we're not taxing it. No," and yeah, he had a little bit of problems with some of the staunch libertarians. But in the end, uh, he he had a strong third place behind the Democrat and the Republican, and it was be- based upon that the Republican Sam Brownback, the Republicans didn't like him the democrats didn't like him but the democrats didn't really like paul davis who was running because he never took a stance on anything and it basically came down 
to Brownback and Umber, who mostly got most of the votes. So, yeah, you're right. It's it's an odd deal that Franklin Graham would go to the Libertarians because the Libertarians have some odd views. But, um, Don, kind of, kind of follow up there on what John was saying. He's absolutely right. Uh, uh, I happen to not like the, uh, the European parliamentary. It leads to the, more division than uh, uh, it does to re- uh, unification. Yeah, I, but I will say I don't necessarily say it's bad that we have a realignment of the parties. I just think that the, we will have a, a period when, when, when that happens when uh, we're all going to be in a state of flux and we're going to see some, some demagogues appear and we're going to be into a period of uh, unstable political world at a time when we need some st- stability in order to deal with an outside threat. Uh, that, to me, is, is the worst part of all of this. We're going to be fighting amongst each other at a time, <clears throat> in a time when we should be working together to, to fight what I think is a, a very dangerous uh, foe. Um, uh, Lincoln put the party, brought the party together at a time of national uh, national unease and, and, but in the end he, met, uh, he was a great leader my question is do we have amongst this crowd of people that are leading us today people of the quality of an Abraham Lincoln and I'm, I'm afraid the answer is no we don't um, that is my worry but he is right and uh, Dan's right I think you're going to see some major changes in um, uh, in American politics by the close of this election. Now, Dan, uh, to kind of follow up there on, on John's point and uh, and uh, Mazella's point, uh, you, you have anything to add before we move on to our next topic here? Oh, I do. I, do. I, I, would, like to, I would love to hear what John and, and my friend Don have to say to the idea that, in fact, uh, Trump will separate from the Republican Party and run as an independent, and he'll win as an independent. John, that that could be interesting. Wait, 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 let me finish. Okay, yeah. You can't take any other, you can't take any other previous independent run into consideration, because what you heard from both of these gentlemen, we are in dramatically different times. And looking at the base that Mr. Trump has, looking at how dejected many Republicans are and Democrats are, a new independent Liberty Party, third party, uh, could be the downfall of both the Democrats and Republicans. But it might be, might be a wake-up call to the leadership of the Democratic and Republican Party, especially if Trump wins as a Liberty, not a Libertarian, but a Liberty Party independent candidate. If he does that, I'm not saying he will, but if he does that, that may be the emphasis to get the other people to say, wait a minute, we're in serious trouble here. I'd love to hear their two comments. John, jump in there. Well, I, I think this, uh, let, let me start out by saying first, I, my definition of a libertarian, first of all, is uh, somebody who worships the individual, whereas a progressive is somebody who worships the collective. 
And so what you have here is two, two parties or two uh, ideologies that uh, battle against God. And, and they're both against God, and they both claim to be God-fearing. So in, in light of that, uh, Trump going third party and going independent, I think that will only happen, and I think it's a very strong possibility that will happen if what I said at the beginning of the show here, uh, the RNC decides that they don't like a Trump or Cruz victory, and they decide to broker a convention and force uh, put somebody like Marco Rubio in there or something like that. If that happens, the, the Republican Party has committed suicide. They have the, and they may do it because I don't believe that the Republican Party really wants the White House. They're, they're happy where they're at right now. They each get to run for re-election. Like I said, the electorate continues to vote for them. They have their power. They have their title. They have their lobbyists. They're, they're, they're all fat, dumb, and happy. And to put a conservative in the White House means they'd actually have to govern instead of just caving. So I, I'm not so sure that the Republican leadership for the Republican Party even wants to win the White House. So I think, I think they would kill their own. Uh, just just to maintain their own personal uh, positions of power. That That's how I'm seeing things. I, and that may be very uh, pessimistic and very, you know, very negative, but uh, that's what I see. Because what other for what other reason could these people just completely abandon the Republican platform and just continue to tell us all we need is the majorities, all we need is the majorities, you give them the majorities, and they can't still can't do anything. So it, 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 it just tells me they don't really want to govern. They just want their jobs. And, and that, that's how I see it. Don. So, so, John, can I ask you, before we get to Don, just, can I do yeah. a follow-up with John? Oh, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. John, John, do you think that that one of the offshoots could be an Article 5 convention? Oh, I, I think it goes. I think it's well beyond that. I think it's a probability. I, I, I think I don't that will have an That will have a. You, you believe we'll have an Article Five convention? I, I don't. I, I don't see the RNC in any way, shape, or form accepting a Donald Trump or Ted Cruz or Ben Carson nomination yeah. um, next June. I just yep. don't see it. They're not going to do it. They're not going to allow it. So whatever, whether it be an Article 5 or whether they broker the convention, uh, the splitter strategy that we've talked about has been designed for that purpose. Uh, the, 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 the setup of the, the primaries, the change in the rules, Rule 40 of the RNC, delegate uh, uh, assignment and stuff like that, all these things are pointing to the fact that, you know, they've now said, okay, in order to win the primary uh, in Super Tuesday, you've got to take a majority of the eight of 15 states in the primary. Well, if nobody takes the majority, then those delegates become null and void. Now, after Super Tuesday, what do you do? You get out there. Now it's winner take all. And the plan was to have Bush with the most money left and be able to outlast everybody and be able to pull it off that way. But he's not going anywhere. Jeb Bush's history, everybody knows it but him. So it's now it's like, okay, if the RNC sets their sights on getting Rubio up there because he's Bush point three point oh and say, you know, he's got a better look, he's, he's more calm, he's, you know, he looks he looks a little less uh, uh, moderate, that kind of thing, then I think the broker convention is the way the Republican Party will go, and not because they want a, Dem a Republican candidate, because they'd rather lose and win. I think that's what Jeb Bush meant when he said, I'd rather lose the primary to win the general election. He wasn't talking about him winning the general election, he was talking about the Republican Party not having to govern from the White House. 
that that's my that's how I see it. I know that's kind of a weird way of looking at it, but I just that's the way that's the pattern I see forming. We've we've got Dan Perkins with us today, also Donald Mazzella and uh, John. Uh, go ahead, Don, jump in there, my friend. I didn't mean to step on you. You're doomed to repeat it. I say that all the time on this program. Go ahead. designed on the fact that the states decide what to do and the government protects our borders and stays the hell out of our business otherwise. Uh, I don't see us ever going back to that. It, it's just, it's just, I just don't see it that way because of the fact that so much of the country has bought into the dependence on government and thinks that the government should be involved. We got 50% of the people in this country think it's okay, you know, to, to, to have the government tell them what to do. So, We'll never get back to that. Now, is the Republican Party the answer to save America? At this point, I'd say no. They're just as destructive as the Democrats. I, I, what has to happen, in my opinion, is simply this. And, and what we really need is another revolution, for lack of a better phrase. And I'm not talking about bearing arms and overthrowing the government or anything else. We need a, a, an intellectual revolution where people get so fed up that they finally say, wait a minute, let me find out exactly what's going on here. And then people get so, so when they realize what's happening, well, they're telling me they're making my life better, but they're actually not. 
then what you have is that voter revolution where the voters now are able to go to the polls and remove all the Democrats and all the Republicans, and maybe we get independents, maybe we get libertarians, but at least we get new faces with new ideas. And, and when somehow we start reversing this trend of everybody just throwing their hands up and going, oh, well, government sucks and politics sucks and, and religion sucks and, and, you know, it's all bad and, and I just want to be left alone. Uh, we got to get people out of that. And the only way to do it, I feel, perhaps, is we've got to hit the bottom. We've got to hit the bottom of the pit for people to wake up and realize everything the government's telling you is a lie in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. They're not trying to accomplish anything but securing their own jobs. And it's not about constituencies anymore. These people are going to go back on Christmas break, and they're going to nod their head, and they're going to listen to the people, and they're going to say, yeah, we're doing all we can, and Paul Ryan's a great speaker, and all this other stuff, and they're kind of ride back on New Year's after New Year's and do the same thing over again. So it, it, until that changes, until the attitude of the people changes to such degree that they say, okay, enough is enough, throw them all out. You know, we hear that phrase out there, throw them all out. Until something like that happens, I don't know, we, we can, you know, we can keep the battle going, but I don't know how much longer before it's just like you and I are just pushed out of the realm of uh, existence one way or the other. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's Jonathan, the short nope. answer would be, I don't think at this point either party is going to save the country. Dan, jump in there. John, the thing that I, 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 wor- I, wor- I, John, the thing that I worry about what you said is that we have a situation where the government is taking care of almost fifty percent of the people in this country. We've got ninety-four and a half million Americans either unemployed or underemployed. They just reduced the GDP to 2%. And I'm not sure the dependency class will ever stand up and change their tune. And I'm not sure, quite honestly, that the other half, which is paying for the other half, has enough courage to stand up and to try and begin to do something about it. I, 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 I just... I So... My conclusion, John, is the only thing that's going to unify the people is an, out of my first book, a nuclear attack on the United States or a major depression. Well, I, I, I would agree. I would agree. I would say this. I, it's got to be something catastrophic. And I'm looking at it in terms of, uh, we've been talking for quite a while on our show about the fact that uh, I believe that one of the things the leftists would really love at this point is just uh, another civil war. I, they would love a race war. It would just, it would put so many things into place for them and give them so much. It would basically, you know, let's suspend the Constitution and give the president carte blanche and let him do what he wants to do. So I, I think, but I, I do believe that uh, the way you get to an American, a real American, is you hit them in the wallet. And when the wallet gets empty, when, when the real Americans are out there, the ones that are working, the ones that are hoping that everything is going to change without them, when their wallet becomes so sparse that they say, wait a minute, where's all my money? And, that, and they da- it dawns on them, oh, it's those guys in Washington. That's where you're going to see some type of revolution come down the line. I don't think it's going to be voluntary. I think it'll be mandatory. It'll be survival, not patriotism. I agree with you there. Good point. 
Absolutely. We, so that, that's what how far away from that are we, John? I'm sorry? How far away from that are we, John? I, I, you're breaking up, guys. Uh, he, he's, he was wanting to know how, how far away are we from this. Oh, I don't know. I think after the next election, we'll know pretty plainly where we're going. Uh, it, it could be within the next election cycle. After the next one, depends on who wins. You know, I uh, uh, just how quickly. I think it's heading that way. I just don't. Depends on who sits in the White House as to how far it happens. I, I think it's inevitable. I couldn't give you a time frame. I, I'd say obviously within the next election cycle. Uh, if you get a Democrat in there and you got you got Obama 3.0, it's going to progress much faster than a Republican who will take things more slowly but head in the same direction. Okay, you need to take a break, Jim. We're 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 commercial free today. We've got uh, Dan Perkins with us today oh, from I'm the sorry. from the Hill dot com. We have uh, John Matthews today from the Conservative Syndicate, and we have Donald Mazzella from SB Digest, 42 minutes after the hour. And uh, Don, uh, you, you, you were saying something before, before we catch you off. Jump in there, Don. Um, no, I just, uh, uh, he, he, again, I love this program because it always brings out differing views. And, um, yes. I will, I will tell you one thing. I'm going to start listening to your program. You really have some interesting things to say. Um, but let me ask you the question. Um, do you honestly believe that enough people will get ex uh, excited about this coming election to make a difference, or do you think it's an election after this? Well, I, I, I don't know if excited would be the right word. <laughs> um, <laughs> Angry. I, Angry, <laughs> pissed off, mad as hell. Uh, <laughs> something yeah, like yeah. that, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I do see it this way, and, and I'll be very, very straightforward with how I see things. Um, when I look at the source of the problem, as I've said several times already on this show, it is not the Republican Party, it's not the Democrat Party, it's not the leadership. It's the uh, ignorance of the, the American electorate that has allowed this to progress because we haven't wanted to take the time. We've quit vetting our candidates. We've quit listening to them. We've quit identifying whether they really line up with us or not. And, and I think, as, as uh, one of you mentioned earlier, the fact that uh, we become such a dependent society on government is like who wants to bite the hand that feeds them. Um, my, if you want to say my, my, pet, my pet peeve, with America right now is the uh, evangelical Christian uh, demographic, and that is that they stay home at elections. I firmly believe that if the evangelical really who tells me the evangelical Christian that tells me they're a Christian and votes as a Christian, and if everybody, you know, if we just got another 300 to 400 million of these people to vote, we could change a lot in a very short period of time. Now, the question comes as to whether or not that's going to happen, and a lot of that is because a lot of the church, a lot of the Christian church, has become just as liberal as, uh, as the liberals. And, you know, when you've got people out there, and I name names, I'm one of these guys, you've got people like Rick Warren and Joe Osteen and J.D. Uh, JD J, uh, TD, what is it, T.D. Jakes, people like this with these large mega churches, 
who have taken the gospel message of Jesus Christ and turned it into a prosperity message. And so everybody joins it like they join Amway. You know, I'm, I'm going to make a million bucks because I worship God, that kind of thing, instead of understanding that God looks at the moral character of a nation. We were established on the biblical principles of God and uh, endowed by our creators, our declaration says. And now it's always been the emphasis of the individual saying, I'm accountable to God first and everybody else second, and so therefore my choice is I want people that I elect in office to be the same way. Now, if that happens, then it could happen. We could turn this thing around in a very short period of time. If it does not happen, if people do the same thing with Trump that they did with Mitt Romney and say, well, I'm not going to vote because he's a Mormon, I'm not going to vote for Trump because he's not really a Presbyterian uh, or whatever, then they're going to stay home. And that's really the strategy of, of the left. It's not, not so much to win the election by getting their voters out, it's to win the election by keeping Republicans and, and conservatives home. If that happens, it's going to be very quick. I think within the next election cycle, by the time we, we get to 2020, it's going to be over. If we're able to stop it and say, okay, let's get out there, if, if evangelicals get up off their butts and say, okay, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do and get out there and vote for a candidate that is going to represent what I claim to be, then we could possibly stop this for another few cycles. We might even be able to reverse it. I mean, it's not it's not irreparable at this point. But one more one more election cycle with Democrats being able to influence and control the narrative, we're done. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. That 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 that's how I see it. Very articulate in your views. Thank you. Well, see, this, if I can, let me just interject here. See, this is why the conservatives aren't winning, because there's nobody that can articulate this message to such a point where we can get out there and say, this is what we believe, this is why we believe it, and this is what history shows us that if we don't do where we're going. And nobody wants to do that at, at the level out there. Uh, there's some people that want to do it, but then the media shuts them down, and they can't get it out there. So, uh, But it's people like us that are affecting the people in our audiences, and we're out here telling people, look, this is what it is. Wake up. If you don't do it, then you get what you deserve. You know, It's that simple. We get what we deserve. We have what we have earned by not doing what we're supposed to be doing. It's not the politicians. We have put those politicians in office unless we remove them we're signing our own death warrant. So I appreciate the compliment. Well, do you think that uh, uh, Donald Trump has, has uh, at least started to do that by pushing back as he has? Well, I, I, there's some very positive aspects to, to what I call Trumpism. Uh, he has changed the conversation. He is changing the narrative. He has taken his, absolutely taken control of the narrative. And, and that is very good. Now, what do I see in him in terms of uh, a solid leader? I think as a business person, somebody that revolving, you know, working with the economy, I think it would be just great. As far as the moral fiber of the country, I don't see it. And here's a man that tells me he's a Presbyterian. Well, Hillary Clinton tells me she's a Methodist. Nancy Pelosi tells me she's a Catholic. They all believe in abortion. So, I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you reconcile that? So as far as the moral fiber, I don't give Trump too many points. As far as somebody who has identified the problem, somebody who I think could turn the economy around, if he can get the cooperation of the Republican Congress to do it, there's, there's a big if. 
Um, so I, I think that Trump has brought something to this conversation not since Perot. But whether that can equate into actually getting the country going in the right direction, I don't know, because Congress doesn't really want to go in the right direction. They want to continue doing what they're doing, both sides. And, and that is the challenge. We, the people, have to be the ones that go out there and say, okay, enough is enough. All of you get out, go home. Let's get some. Let's get statesmen back in there. Not the professional politicians, not the attorneys, not the lawyers. Let's get people that will leave their private sector job for one or two terms, go do their job, and go home. Then what? Then then we'll get back to what we're supposed to be. The only problem is. So, John, you're suggesting that that term limit is one of the sorts. Well, and see, that's uh, uh, term limits. Uh, you're 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 suggesting. Uh, from what Dan was saying, you're suggesting term limits here, or term limits work. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. No more than two terms in anything. I, I, in fact, I, think, I, I don't think senators... I would like to see the 17th Amendment abolished. I would like to see the Senate re-chosen uh, by state legislators rather than elected by popular vote. I'd like to see term limits of no more than... Uh, I think we should extend the presidency to six years, no, and no more than one, uh, two terms in six years. But I think everybody else should be Senate one term in six years, House two terms of four years, uh, two two years each, and then they need to get out of there because that's about the time it takes one to get corrupted. Yes, yes. So, John, John, let me ask you. Let me let me follow up. Go go, go um, ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Clearly. Dan. Clearly, the the Obama administration, um, the 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 cumulative impact of gross domestic product in the Obama administration is equal to three quarters of one year of the Chinese economy. Three quarters of one year, the cumulative GDP under his administration. As I said earlier, we've got. Ninety-four and a half million people, either who have run out of unemployment benefits, given up looking for work, are working part time, and are barely able to sustain themselves. You said a few moments ago that you thought that Trump may be able to bring this economy around, get it growing again. And I am setting aside the moral issue. Not that I'm, I'm ignoring it. I'm just trying to focus on one thing. If Mr. Trump, as a businessman, has the ability to turn this economy around, where we put millions and at least give an opportunity to millions upon millions, if not tens of millions of people, to get a job and to be responsible for themselves, then as a first step, wouldn't that cause a significant begin to cause a significant change? in the value proposition that people see in the United States and the role of their own independence versus dependency upon the government. Oh, I would agree with that. I, I, I can't discount that at all. I, I think if Trump is able to pull this off and get the economy heading back in the direction it should be, uh, his picture will be hung right next to Reagan. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, I, I, I always look at these things two-sided. I look at the the economic faction uh, of it, and then I look at the moral faction of it. And it, you've got to have that balance. We, we, 
we've got to have, um, in my opinion, to restore the economic uh, stability of this country and to leave the moral fabric of it undone. You're just you're just delaying something. You're not you're not actually fixing it. You're just putting a bandaid on it. Everybody will be happy for a while, and, and then you know that it, human human nature kicks in, and sooner or later it, it'll reverse itself again because you have no way of sustaining the moral fiber, the personal responsibility and accountability that gets people up in the morning to go out and to, to do their job and to take care of their families and to raise DC kids and, and all the other things. So um, it would be it would be one or the other. And you've got to have them, there's got to be a mix. And I think Trump could get us going good in one direction. I just don't see him as a very moral person. And, and that's just my opinion. I, he might be. I, he just hasn't presented himself to me in a way that I, I see that. Whereas I see okay, uh, but, somebody but, like a Ted but, Cruz. But my, my follow-up point, John, is that yeah. if, if you change the dependency class and you begin to give people jobs where they can have a sense of pride and accomplishment, mm-hmm. they're going to be in more involved with their children. And so the, the, the problems that we're having with, with uh, the, the young people in this country, the incredibly high unemployment rate, and the, dis- the, the dysfunctional families uh, are primarily because we've had a welfare state that the government will take care of you. And so I, I believe that there is a part and parcel of a work ethic creates a moral ethic. And I believe that if we can put people to work, we give them a sense of pride, a sense of value, <clears throat> the moral can come with it. It won't be as fast, but we can be we can break the back of the of the immoral dependency of the dependent class on the government to provide for them and if we can create tens of thousands hundreds of thousands millions of jobs where we can begin to give people a sense of personal pride you know i i think john if you look at the people that are unemployed not the hardcore unemployed but the people who've been employed as a result of this recession I think, by and large, they want to work, but they have to depend upon the government to take care of them. And as a father of four, I understand what it means to be able to provide for your wife and for your children. There's a certain sense of pride and accomplishment, and if you can't do that, and you have to depend upon the government to feed your children because you can't, then your life changes, your role as a a head of a household, as a father and a husband change dramatically to the point that you no longer care because you have no vested interest because you're not doing anything for them. It's going to be a huge job to put millions of people back to work, but I believe that the economy will begin to change the dependency class, and if we can change the dependency class, we can begin to change the moral fiber of this country. Well, I, I, I don't I don't disagree with your theory, and I certainly hope you're you're absolutely right. What I'm what your question was is whether Donald the way I read it was is Donald Trump the person to do that? I I, I do not believe that Donald Trump is the person to lead uh, to lead any type of moral restoration. Now, whether the job situation he creates the jobs and that in turn generates that that return back to morality 
hey, I'm all for it. You know, I, great. I hope it happens. You know, and and, you, and there's a lot of validity in what you're saying. I just don't know that he would be the person that I would choose to spearhead that. You know, that that's what I'm getting at. It, it's not that it can't happen, and I certainly hope it does. I'm just not so sure. I I I won't. We won't know um, really until next year what direction this country is going to go or how fast it's going to continue its, its death spiral or is it going to reverse it? We won't know. We'll know the day after because uh, once these people, you're going to see uh, Hillary Clinton, if she wins, she's going to reveal herself for she, who she is. If Bernie Sanders wins, you already know where he wants to go. Uh, on the Republican side, right. uh, it's still kind of a crapshoot <laughs> to what's going to happen. So, um, uh, you know, I, I certainly agree with your your. your precepts and i i certainly hope you're right i i, I really do I, it would not bother me if i was if wrong. You, let me put it that way <laughs> uh, john if you look at the, the the democratic candidates and the republicans candidate and if you said i want i had to pick one guy or one woman out of the candidates in both parties who is most likely going to really lead a resurgence in America, as an as a nation of people who work, who have a self pride, and and are taking care of their families, is there anybody else, anybody on that on that list of possible candidates that you think could do that? Well, at this point in time, I I put all my all my chips on uh, Ted Cruz. He he is to me the most articulate, the most intelligent, the most committed, the most uh, he, he's, he's the one that bets the best out of everybody. He's more consistent. His actions are more consistent with what he says than everybody else that I've seen so far. Um, I like him uh, just as a person. Uh, you know, I have the Christian bias. I, um, I've met his father. I know his father. I, 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 they're good people. So I would go with that. Um, in terms of uh, I, I like Rick Santorum and I like Mike Huckabee. I just don't think they have the capacity to, to lead. They're not leaders in my mind. They're just they're, they're good support mechanisms, but they're not the people I'd want out there running the show. So at this point in time, that's my man. I'd have to go with Jake Cruz. It, it would just, he, he and how would you feel about a Cruz ticket? Yeah, how, uh, I, I, that, you know, that I think, could be very interesting, John, a Trump-Cruz yeah, ticket. Yeah, yeah I, I would definitely look at that and say, I could handle a... I could handle, personally, just me, I could handle a cruise Trump ticket. I don't know that I'd be really excited about a Trump cruise ticket, but I could certainly handle a cruise Trump ticket. <laughs> so, um, okay. you know, I, there, there are things about Trump I really like. I like his audacity. I like his, his tenacity. He does not back down. He, you know, I, I love that. That's everything you want in a politician. I'm just not so sure he's got all the moral makings of somebody that I'd want leading the show. But I'd certainly vote for him if he wins. If he wins the primary, he's got my vote. There's, there's no doubt about that. Well, we're going to wrap up the uh, program today. I want to thank Donald Mazzella from SB Digest and uh, also John Matthews today, conservative syndicate, and uh, our good friend, Mr. Dan Perkins. Before we let everybody go, uh, we'll start with Don. Any any final comments today? And uh, also uh, mention where people can pick up the book and, and all that. Don, are you still there? There you are. <laughs> Very articulate guest, and thank you for bringing him on board. 
Definitely. Hashtag um, 2SBDigest, DonMazzella.com, and Merry Christmas to everybody. Definitely. And Dan, uh, any 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 final comments and uh, and plugs? Get them in there, my friend. Well, I, I, I just think that I said to you, the, the passing of the omnibus bill is the straw that broke the camel's back. And I think a lot of Americans are going to be very, very disappointed, and, and their congressmen and senators are going to hear about it. Whether or not they do anything about it is a different story. Yeah. But I, 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 would, I just thought it was a, a, a piece of trash, and, uh, and it wasn't good for the country. Um, the book is uh, The Brotherhood of the Red Knight. You can get information on it. You can buy it on Amazon, or you can get information on it on my website, danperkins.guru. And the foundation is Songs and Stories for Soldiers. And it's still not too late to give a, a soldier the ability to sleep through the night by making a contribution to Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Definitely. And also, as Mr. Mazzola said, have a wonderful Christmas, and we'll look for doing business with you after the first of the year, Jim. Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. John, before we let you go, my friend, uh, once again, your insight is invaluable, and I definitely want to have you back uh, to do this again and also uh, to make some regular appearances in the new year. But uh, go ahead and give us some plugs there, my friend, so everybody can check you out. Well, yeah, anything you want to know about our show is uh, you just go to our website, theconservativesyndicate.net. Uh, we have all our panel members there. We've got five or six people that we contrib- that contribute uh, all week long. We 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 believe in informing, educating, informing, and engaging our audience. And so we're we're out there every day. And we just like you said, we like to exhaust our topics. So if you go to theconservativesyndicate.net, and uh, we're looking forward to another year here. We're very happy this year to go from ten thousand listeners a month to uh, we finished the year breaking a million. So. We're, uh, we're, we're glad that the message is getting out there, that people are hearing it, and uh, let's hope it equates into doing something. So just go to the conservativesyndicate.net. I wish you all a good Christmas, a great Christmas, a great 2016. Let's hope that something happens that will turn this around. Definitely. Well, uh, gentlemen, I appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you guys in the new year. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, John. And uh, as always, thank you, Don. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, Yes, gentlemen. sir. Take care. We are going to uh, take a time out and uh, come back with more here in a few.